to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Evans. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 166. It was only uh, five days ago that we did a mammoth episode 165, which... Uh, we managed to catch up on everything that happened uh, in December and New Year's Day, but we're now back to our regular Sunday night spot. So we are um, delighted to welcome a special guest onto the show, someone that we've actually been trying to get on for about three years. <laughs> He's avoided us until today. So uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Leighton Orient first team coach Danny Webb. Welcome. Good evening. Thanks Good evening. for coming on. I no uh, appreciate that. So um, for those that might not be aware or confused by the structure or the setup or whatever. Just give us a bit of an intro about your role within Justin's management team. How does it work? It's so is it obviously Justin, the main man in you, Ross is his assistant, and I'm sort of the third coach. Uh, so I think because you know, obviously his title officially is he's the manager, but he's head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ross is then like assistant head coach sort of thing. So then. In you know in other clubs it'd be first team coach, but here it's like professional development phase. Uh, sorry, it's like development first team coach, uh, which is probably what it says on the tin. Really, no, I'm, I'm the help coach out and the first team coach and, and trying to win football games, but also I like to focus on in, improving the players, especially sort of the younger pros individually. Do a lot of work with them, uh, and it, it's working really well so far as a three. You know. Uh, Ross will, will sort of lead most of the sessions. He, he is the manager's first assistant uh, and obviously I'll, I'll help out with that and, and do bits and bobs when needed and uh, every day I'll do some indi- individual work with certain players and it, so far so good it's all fitting into place. And it seems that you, Ross and Justin have all got a nice relationship. You're on the same page. There was quite a funny clip a couple of weeks ago on the O Show where you all seem to kind of lose control. Yeah. And... and Going to the salon, <laughs> so a good a good balance between the three, a good experience. Yeah, I think I think we're very, I think we're different different characters, and we you know we're different types of coaches, so to speak. And I think if you've got all three clones all the time, it doesn't always work. And I think the difference is good. We get on very well. Uh, me and Ross, I think I didn't really know him too well before I come to the club, and probably consider him a good mate now and a friend. Uh, Gaffer, obviously, you've got that 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 line because he's the manager, but. I get on very well. I've got a lot of respect for him. Good man, being very good to me. Uh, and like you say, it, it does help when you've got that good relationship and that banter. But that does come from from winning games. If we're bottom of the league, we're not putting mm. videos out of us all laughing about because yeah. it's a backlash and it gives out the wrong message. So mm. I think it's good at the minute while you're top, while we're doing well, while there's a good feeling. Uh, those things, you know, go well. We've got a good media team who sort of choose when and where to put those sort of things out and when not to. And we're not silly. We know, you know, after yesterday's result, we started putting out funny videos today. It's it's not right. <laughs> uh, but no, being at the top, it does naturally help the vibe and the atmosphere. But as a as a group of staff, uh, it's it, it's it's such a good place to be right now. So Justin, sorry, go on. So Justin joined us, um, obviously, just over a year ago now. Uh, obviously, not someone necessarily that you'd worked with before. So um, that said, though, that you've worked with, obviously, given what had happened in the past, a few of the managers. So Justin being a, a standout manager for you, and what, what, what does he bring that's that's different uh, to others? I think I think you're. I think you know, he's, he's my boss. So I'm going to be biased, but <laughs> uh, apart from from my dad, who I'm a little bit more biased to because he's my dad. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he's probably the best I've, I've worked for, only because I think. He's someone who I look at and he's probably the most similar to how, how I'd want to be uh, if and when I go back into management. So I can learn 
I'm learning a lot off him. I think on a selfish note, I'm taking a lot from him. I'm learning a lot. You know, like Steve Davis, for example, really nice bloke, good coach. Probably a little bit different from me, from my philosophy of, of playing that. You're not saying he's right and I'm wrong or vice versa, but I take bits with, with Justin. I'm taking quite a lot. Okay. Uh, and how he does stuff and work with Ross is, is good fun. We take bits from each other and we enjoy it and we work hard. But I'd certainly say he's a standout. I mean, being the journeyman that I was as a player, you know, looking back, I, I had too many clubs, stupid amount of clubs, but the good thing was I did get to sample different styles of management, which now, in hindsight, has helped me mm, in my coaching and my managing and, and sort of make my own identity whilst nicking lots of different ideas along the way. But uh, in terms of being a direct member of the of the first team staff, to work for him is, uh, I think, you know who's boss, you know what's expected of you. No one takes any liberties and I think that uh, that's how a manager should be. Ross has been on the podcast before quite a few times. Ross has said sometimes he'll work on the defensive aspect yeah. and sometimes leave you to work on the attacking aspect. So what does that involve? So what do you do with the attackers? It, well, every day we do finishing. Every day we do finishing, you know. So uh, it started off when I first got involved last year with the first team. We have to just game with the job, go and look after McCauley, go and just work with him every day. And then over time it's it's sort of expanded to, to all the forwards. I do really like doing the actual individual work, especially with the forwards. So obviously it's a lot of finishing, but there's a lot of other stuff. You look at, I'd like to think that, like look at Macca's hold up plays improved over time. He's still a young lad. He's winning more headers. So we're trying to mould him into an all round number nine. I think when he first came in, he was a geezer could score goals and run a, run about a lot. And I think due to his own hard work, he's he's gradually improving. So I think in terms of of sessions, it's it quite broad. Well, coaches have got quite a big library of things they do. Uh, but my specific sort of goals is to work individually. We sit down, we go through the game individually with the, with the forwards and the attacking players, and then we do something about it on the training ground. You know, I think a lot of coaches they look at clips of stuff and expect the players just to go and get it. But uh, we like to go through stuff with players, defensive players, and midfielders and forwards, say what they could do better, and then go and work on it maybe an hour before training, and so sort of gradually drip fed into what we want. Really good. So it's obviously been a fantastic season so far. We'll obviously come into yesterday in a little bit, but before yesterday it was a play twenty eight, <clears throat> lost three games, top of the league. Yeah. You must be delighted as well as the management team. Yeah, definitely. I think even with, with our staff, it's sort of you've got to sort of take a step back now and then like after this point next go, like I said to you before, if you'd said to the start of the season we'd be in this position, we'd we'd all be buzzing staff, players, fans, the lot. Uh, so we are pleased. I'm, I'm very pleased. It's nice to you know to think that I've potentially had an input in us, us doing well. We you know it's was keep saying and working with with good people in, in in Ross and the manager and uh, you 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 try not to look too far forward. You know when you're on the way back on the way game sometimes on a coach like a Wrexham you think oh we got promotion what if we've had six seven years of everyone being miserable if we could just get through and get promotion you got no one game at a time so mm -hmm. even our staff we. You know, don't say those things out loud, but in your head you think, oh, wouldn't it be great? So we've got to not get carried away, yeah, us yeah. as well, but also appreciate the fact that this is the first time in a long time that the club's you know, fans can look at the league table and look at the paper and go, oh, you know, they can't turn the other way. Have to look nice. so far down exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nice to have a top of the table clash yesterday and look up the table as opposed to it's, it was nice it was nice to have it. It was obviously not nice to get that result, but it was it was nice going into it knowing that we'd still be top. Obviously, whatever happened at the end, they don't say that. You know, well, if we lose, then you don't go out with that mentality. But it's nice when you get that sort of gap and you look after and you see certain teams are slipping up. Obviously, we don't want to go from now to the end of the season hoping other teams slip up. Yeah. But now and then you're going to have to rely on that. And it's important now we all 
the old word that bounce back bounce back ability comes into play because so far we've been alright with that you mm. know and uh, hopefully it was just a just a bad day at the office yesterday so what have been your standout games so far this season oh good question I think uh, I, I got I really got into the Solihull game for me they are one of if not the strongest team we've played this season which might come very to surprise good, I thought they were yeah. very good very mm. physical very strong but play football as well. They played a bit of football. Yeah. They didn't have any players under like six foot two. Like they've got a way they do things and it works for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there was a bit of aggro on the dugout that night and, you know, it was a bit, it, it, it was rocking. I was fine all right. And Tuesday night games, it's when, when, the, when, the, when the game's going well, it's, everyone's just alive, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I felt it that night. And then funny enough, I think another one was Halifax away because we played so well and you thought, we can't lose this game, surely. And then James pops up and yeah, scores yeah. in the last kick, and that it's little things like that. And after go, we should have won, but that point would be massive at the end of the season. So it makes that long trip home. I think those long away trips actually probably you fans as well. When you have those long away trips, sometimes it's it's a better buzz because you know all along what a horrible journey this is going to be on, isn't it? on the <laughs> sports coach or in the car or the yeah, train. Yeah. You know, I have a few beers. It might numb it for a bit, but <laughs> you go, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Like, especially on a team coach, just quiet and that so you think actually the journey back ain't going to be too bad now you could probably name quite a few and you probably will but stand out players for you this season uh, I think that do you know what I, I generally think it would be unfair to, to say anyone in particular I think that obviously you've got the younger players who who I believe we all believe have stepped up and you know be counted and I think that the same token the older pros have mm. have certainly not shirked anything, you know. They've got they've got responsibility, got a lot of pressure on them in terms of people expect big things from us, and sometimes young players can just put the earmuffs on and just get on with it, you know. But I think the older players sometimes they know what people expect, and in a weird way, sometimes the pressure can affect them more. But this group of players, that, uh, I think it's got good balance, and everyone's everyone's in it together. And it's a bit bit cliche for, but of all the clubs I've been at, it's a dressing room where as a coach or player. You don't mind saying it. Usually, you might look around and go, "I'm not mad at him. Don't trust him. Don't like him." And if you're in your street or you're a coach, or whatever, I can't really look around and, and say that about this group of players. Which is, it, you know, it's a, it's a credit to them. It's a credit to how they're being managed. It's a credit to you know the fact we've signed them. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a case now of when we have a little bit of a off day like yesterday, that togetherness and that. That sort of feel good factor stays stays within that that squad of players and doesn't sort of turn into disappointment and, and nerves because mm. they've showed, like I said, that that ability to come back and do well the next game and show a bit of, bit of courage. They've done that and, and I'm sure they'll do that again. And you can see the togetherness in the squad, where it be it goal celebrations or someone makes a last ditch challenge or or a you know staff the player Christmas party when they all made yeah. such an effort yeah. to dress up and yeah. you know you could have had a couple of people that just turned up in a pair of trainers Definitely. you know what yeah. I mean but they yeah. actually all went to great lengths to actually be a part of what they, they, they have done I think I mean the manager's massively into that whether it be with staff or players he's very much into that togetherness and says a lot about to get out of this league and even lead to any league really you first you need that team spirit it gets you sort of mm. I can't remember the amount he said might be wrong but maybe 10-12 points a season alone that togetherness mm. to keep going to the end uh, along with tactics etc but I think Joby's a, a, a big a big part of that as captain I think he, he holds so much respect 
uh, not just because of his career, but how he is as a bloke. He's just a proper, he's a proper, proper bloke. bloke yeah. And uh, can have a chat with him. He's always an honest lad, but he, he works his socks off in training. And, and the players look up because they respect him because of who he is anyway. And then they see what a bloke he is. And then they see how he trains and how professional he is. They all follow. They all follow. So, you know, we've got quite a few of them sort of older lads who are people like, even like Alex Lawless, who's, who's not in the squad. The way he trains and deals with things when he's not involved, it's so seen nothing like it it's so professional so we've got a few of those older heads you know you talk to a lot of people most unsuccessful teams have more than two or three what we call bad eggs and like I said earlier we, we don't well, we won't seem to we definitely haven't got them uh, which I think is a big big part of why yeah. we're at the top of the league and it's the recruitment isn't it as well you've got to get the right personality in like Justin keeps saying it's about the right personality they've got to fit in and it it goes back to the 13-14 um, season where Russell created this group of players that were all in it together and they fought together they went out to battle together and they yeah. came in as mates and all that so yeah Definitely. it's it's a replicated well-trodden path that, that works really well yeah so Danny is here all evening he's got a lot more questions to answer so loads, loads more coming your way so we'll start as we always do uh, with our friends at the sports club so just one trip to tell you about as the O's go to Barrow on Saturday, 2nd of February. With fares for this one at £36 for adults and £33 for concessions. With kids 15 or under going for half price and there is a £3 surcharge for non-members. So you can book for this one in the supporters club uh, on any match day or by calling the travel line on 077 Yep, we've got a late Orient Trust update for you as well. Our game at Dagenham and Redbridge on New Year's Day and in collaboration with Anmar Rudin of the Fans for Diversity and also Emdad Rahman, a local charity leader and leader at the One Third Soup Kitchen. The club hosted 13 local homeless guests and their aides and provided lunch in the uh, Fans for Diversity hub before they took their role as pre-match flag bearers for the day. They were also invited to take a half-time penalty against Theo Wyvern uh, whilst all wearing red and white scarves, generously donated by fans for diversity. At the previous game against Chesterfield, local food bank Eat or Heat collected over £300 for their very worthy cause and would like to thank all those supporters who contributed. Yep, and in the game yesterday, the Salford saw some young O's fans parading the pre-match flags as winners of Theo's Christmas competition. So well done to Jamie Hawthorne, Stanley Francis, Daniel Rowe, Noah McConkie, Nancy Rutland, Rachel McMillan, Joseph Millwood, Noah Tomstone, Jacob Rowe, Josh Parsley, Lola Marie Weatherstone, Ben Smith, Matthew Telfer, Harry Sanderson and Max Peters. Yeah, loads of them. Loads. <laughs> My name wasn't read out. <laughs> One more thing to note is that if you're a regular listener, you probably notice that we aren't plugging Nigel's book anymore. So if you do want to get anything plugged away, please let us know. And I'm sure me and Paul can shout you a very special or an Outlook podcast deal. Absolutely. Well said. So the week that was then, it's a short week because obviously we recorded on um, New Year's Day. So Wednesday the 2nd of January is a bit of a quiet day. Uh, until about half past five, that is, as the club show that they're not hanging around to make new signings as they announce that Jordan Maguire-Drew has completed his move to the O's from Brighton for an undisclosed fee. Jordan, who plays on the right-hand side of midfield, had signed a two-and-a-half-year deal at the club and will wear the number 10 shirt, vacated earlier in the season by one David Mooney. He spent the first half of the season on loan at Wrexham, scoring three times in 17 games, and there's a lot of fan speculation about this. 
and we discussed him in episode 165. Yeah, so Jordan uh, went on to say, I got a call from my agent saying Orient wanted to sign me and I said, get it done straight away. It's a great club to be at, it's a club on the up and I want to be part of the success here. I like to get supporters off their seats, I like trying to make things happen, I like scoring goals, creating goals, get the team up the pitch as much as possible as I can when I get the ball. So your views very, on that signing? Very good TV? signing for me. I think he's a good young prospect. He's got good pedigree. He's earned very good reviews while he was at Dagenham. He's also part of the Coventry squad that uh, that got promoted, albeit a big part um, of that squad, but nonetheless he played a part. Uh, he did well at Wrexham to start with before I think he got injured well, not injured, but I think he had teeth, in, teeth problems with his wisdom yeah. teeth or something. But massive kudos for me goes to Elliot and Courtney for the video teaser. Have you seen that, Danny? Yeah, well, it's based on that. Is it Black, Black Mirror. Mirror? Is that any good, that? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I've seen it advertising that. I've never seen that it. That episode was like an interactive one, so you make you have to choose. choices yeah, by yeah. your remote, and that's how, uh, why he's got different options on I don't understand why he went for Rice Krispies over Frosties, though. That's the first choice the only yeah, choice no, so is a cereal well, yeah so ask Jordan oh it's not right well the actual programme you've got to choose cereal the first question is a cereal in the, pro- in the actual programme yeah it's set like in the 80s and I'll it's like cereal. a retro like cover and that's just like to kind of I think I'll give that one a bit so for me uh, looks good to me on paper but I've not to be fair I've never heard of him so uh, looks like he fits the bill and he's only real season of footy for Dagenham and Redbridge a couple of years ago he had a superb season, uh, getting uh, 16 goals and 15 assists. And if you can get half of that in the second <coughs> half of the season, I think we're, it's a good we're return, all laughing. So, Danny, what's he like? What's he been like since he's, he's arrived? He's all right. I called him the wrong name for the first three hours. I, mean, <laughs> I actually needs to know someone called Adam Maguire. So I called him Ad all morning. <laughs> Mac called me, went, maybe you keep calling him Adam. Went, oh. He's probably thinking, that Danny's so he was such, strange, it was his he? first day, he was like such a nice lad that he didn't want to say it. And I thought, like, oh, sorry, mate, I said, good at me, Andrews. You should have kept it up. I used to know someone called Adam McGuire, and it's still me, head. I just shook it off. But no, great lad. In the first morning, he actually, because on a Friday, he'd give it optional for lads to come out and do some extra work before training, like specific stuff. And he was out, first one out straight away, which is a good sign for, for me because he mm. was, was a young lad. You don't want to see boys out. But after when you start and straight off when you're finishing the cars, you know, you want to see people who want yeah. to improve. And, and so far, he seems like one of them and seems like a grounded lad. Because he could come here saying, big time, Charlie, I'm from Brighton. And, you know, you get those people with those attitudes. You, you do, and you? it's not like that at all. I think even mm. if he was, it, it wouldn't have it. Do you know what I mean? It's just people like Joby and that. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't, if in the dressing room himself, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't stand for that, I don't think. Uh, but he's not like that anyway. Mm. I think he's seen straight away what he's getting involved with and what the, what the atmosphere is. Yeah. Obviously, it's a shame that... First sample of a match day was a defeat, but onwards and upwards. That's the worst it can be for him, so yes. at the end of the day. Um, is he, and he's settling in quite well, obviously, getting yeah. on with the rest of the group. Yeah, I, think he, I, he, I don't think he lives too far away, so uh, commute-wise he's fine. and he powered up with it. But it's a very likeable group of players, you know what I mean? There's, there's no Charlies or Rude or sort of two-faced people, so yeah, yeah, he's got no reason not to get on with anyone, I don't think. You should have kept calling him, calling him, calling him Adam, like a uh, trick. In only and horses, you should have kept that up. Even, that would have been amazing. Even in the dugout, <laughs> tell Jordan to go and warm up. Like, it's Jordan, yeah, it's Jordan. Go and have a run, mate. Go and have a run. I think he's forgiven me now. Why do you call me Adam? It's <laughs> yes. your name, isn't it? <laughs> so, Thursday, the 3rd of January, the club confirmed that the upcoming home game against Salford has now sold out for home fans and that the match will be live streamed to international viewers for six ninety nine. It will be the first National League match ever to do so. And for us, a massive 
well done to the club for A, firstly, sending out the home allocation, which is still no mean feat to do in the National League. Not uh, for the first time this season either. Yeah, absolutely. And B, for convincing the National League to stream the match live. So two massive well done to them on the club there for that one. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of feedback to them as to how that went and uh, from, from both yeah. clubs as well. Later in the afternoon, the club confirmed that if next week's FA Trophy game against Wrexham ends in a draw, there will be a replay the following Tuesday at the home of football. Uh, no, that's not Wembley, that's Brisbane Road, just for those in any doubt. Yeah, so it could be a match uh, Tuesday <coughs> week to keep your diaries clear. And in, uh, finally, will. in the day, the Josh Caroma to Huddersfield rumour started to gather momentum as yet another news outlet being the non-league paper claimed that Huddersfield had beaten Villa, Middlesbrough and Derby to his signature. So Danny, uh, obviously players see uh, and read these reports uh, and are aware of speculation. So how much does it get discussed amongst everyone? Do you kind of stay away from it? Do you mention it as a, as a part of the management team and do you think the players on the other side are discussing it as I well? Think, uh, I think the players probably have a bit of banter about it. Do you know what I mean? Dig each other out if there's been rumours about them in the press and that. It's just part of, part of the banter and how they are but all I can say is it, it doesn't affect, well it hasn't affected Josh or any other youngsters that there's had rumours about like there, like there's always going to be when you're doing well with, with a lot of young players in the team. So that's the main thing you look for, I think as a coach you see obviously someone's doing well, there's a little bit of hype, obviously with social media now, people can say something and it's very whispers. It? Yeah, yeah, so uh, <coughs> as far as he is, he's the same as ever, he's, he's, he's a funny lad, he's laid back but he works hard and so far he, it hasn't affected him these rumours and, and I don't think it will at all and you've known Josh for quite a few years now yeah. and obviously he's really I'd say the last six months specifically but he's really come on so what is what, why what has Josh been doing differently in the last six months to a year than what wasn't happening before or is it just a natural progression of seeing this I think that I think that sort of like my, my I'm going to say we said earlier about going back but my meaning and philosophy of, of <coughs> what I try to do when I had that very brief spell in charge was knowing that it's a step or two back for times like now where they can flourish. So this isn't now his debut season. He's played in the worst possible toxic atmosphere there could ever be because of uh, whatever, yeah. obvious reason. And last year, whatever, different managers fancy different players and don't fancy him. That's, that's opinions. We all like different players and he wasn't really in, in favour with, with Steve. Justin came in and, and obviously saw something and, and put him back in. But... What's nice is that he's, he's back in and it's not like, oh wow, big stadium, loads of fans. And he's been mm. through it, mm. he's done it, he's got his flavour for it and I think now it's the real player in him is coming out. Mm. It would have been the same with Alzati or Dolby, whatever, those players who had a taste of it. it. It was sort of got it out of the system, the rawness and the atmosphere and the inexperience. You look at Josh now, he's played quite a lot of games and yet he's still a very inexperienced young player. Uh, he's got cracking ability. I think we've got, obviously... I've always believed in him and uh, other, other people have, but you've got a manager who's showing a bit of faith, believing as a young lad, that's good. And when you're given faith and you score and you hear the fans singing your name, it's only going to give you more confidence. And players like Josh play on confidence, you know. And I think you're seeing even yes, yesterday, at 3 0 down, he's trying to take people on and do it, but he's not hiding, mm -hmm. which is what a lot of young lads could do, you know, with 7,000 people when you're 3 0 down at home. And uh, I think that comes with a bit of self belief, which he's got plenty of. Uh, and he's, like I said, with Macarelli, these players in mind, these younger players, that it's, it's no coincidence that they're working their socks off to, to sort of do the best for them in their careers. Yeah, and it's no, no surprise that they're being picked up, speculatively or, or otherwise. And I guess for him, I guess it could have affected him that he sees Dolby, Alzati um, and Abraham's. Um, Abraham's going to bigger yeah. clubs and he's yeah. probably thinking, well, hold on a minute, mm. 
we graduated together, we played yeah. in the same, like, why, why not me? Like, yeah. And he could have possibly let that affect him as well. Yeah. But I remember at the Theo's Christmas party that his mum came up to you while we were talking and she said, thanks very much for everything you've done yeah. for him. So yeah, it's nice specifically, lady. obviously, yeah. there's something that you've done putting an arm around him as well. Well, it's something that, sort of say earlier about me, me dad, it's, it was something that he was very good at with young players. And we see him now and they still call him Gaffer like years yeah. on and he had that way with him and... He could be a ruthless man, but with, with players, he, he could see something in them and he could see they were good people, a lot of people from different backgrounds. And something I learned him about to be, be treat people with respect, put your arm around him. Don't be like, a, go as deep as being a father figure as such, but I think coaching is a bit more than just putting on a session and writing on a whiteboard. You know, I think you've got to be able to talk to players, especially young players who sometimes feel a bit like, what's going on here? And, you know, their family aren't from football backgrounds. I'm lucky. I'm from a background where I can go to my dad and go, before this happened, what do you think? Mm. Some people haven't got that, so they try and think for themselves and make decisions for themselves, and sometimes they just need that arm around them. So I tried to do that over the years with him and, and, and that, that group in particular. Uh, met his mum many times and sort of parents' evenings and all that, and all she has me Josh do, she, she loves him so much. So for her, it's great. It's great to see her boy doing well. You know, when things like that are said to you, that, that, that means ever so much. Awesome, brilliant. Thank you very much. Brilliant. So Mooney Friday then the 4th of January and the club nominated the following for the December Player of the Month award. So first up, Dean Brill. And the club said another excellent month for the O's keepers. He kept three clean sheets in all competitions, saving a penalty in the nil-nil draw of Dover. The 33-year-old has been instrumental this season. Craig Clay was also nominated. The midfielder covers an awful lot of ground and his presence in the nil-nil draw with Dover was missed. After another brilliant month in the centre of the pitch, he scored his first goal of the season in the FA Trophy win over Beaconsfield. Yep. Third up, Joe Willowson, Mr Consistent. The left-back has become a firm fan favourite this season and impressed in the victories against Gateshead and Chesterfield while helping keep three clean sheets in all competitions. And finally, Josh Caroma, the forward, continued his fine form uh, with another excellent month scoring three goals. He opened the scoring against Gateshead with a fine finish before driving home against Chesterfield and his poked effort opened the scoring away to Dagenham and Redbridge. Your yeah. views? Yeah, at the time of the nominations, it could really be any of them. All four of them would be fantastic. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think what's nice of that is that you've got people like Craig and... Was Craig in there? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig yeah, 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 yeah. and Joe Willison, who got a bit of stick last year. Mm, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Which... which it's natural, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people... And, and, they, and it was nice this year, and that's the beauty of football. Is it like us all, mine, yours? Your opinions can change and your views and you can be won over. And there's people like, no, I watched in the Premier League and I go, well, oh, how's he been? He's not brilliant. I'm like a fan, I've got my own opinions. And then two games later, I go, ah, no. Pogba, for example. I'm now seeing actually that's what all the fuss is about. And mm. we've all got these different opinions. And to see people like Craig and Joe probably not be everyone's favourite players last year, even though they're probably bringing stuff to the table that the manager's asked and they're working the socks off, this year it's nice that they're getting. Uh, some recognition because they're I keep banging on about them all but they're, su they're two such humble lads nice lads work ever so hard really like heading their hands when we lose it means so much to then be up for something as simple as a player of the month it's great to see them two in it plus obviously Brillo's been fantastic and, and, and Josh is Josh so you're right it could be I wouldn't want to pick one out of them for no yeah, I wouldn't want to be in charge of that yeah. looking at it we we make notes at the time that's I think Josh will end up winning it after another fantastic month, I think you... I agree with you, yeah. Agreed. Although Joe should possibly nudge it on the fact that, like they said in there, he's a consistent performer, so he's consistently good. Not to say that Josh isn't, but as a consistent, that's, for me, someone that's solid week in, week out. And this isn't to say that the others aren't or that they're, like, 
up and down and up and down, but Joey's regularly picked out for having a solid performance. Yeah, he doesn't do the spectacular and he doesn't do the dire. He does that great. He's just a good steady. professional. Yeah, he's consistent. Steady. 8 out of 10, isn't he? At least an 8 out of 10. Always, minimum on a bad day, a 7. Yeah, yeah I agree um, But yeah, so the winner was... Yeah, Josh Karoma, uh, who also bad goal of the month as well. So he completed a double for his goal against Gateshead, which was another superb goal. He scored some absolutely blinders this season. He's got a lot in the locker. It's good to see it being opened. And, and he's brought the toe pug back as well. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that. that. Yeah, great Filed and uh, Dagenham. Daggers takes him doing that. Yeah, good finish. No, it does take some turn to that finish. Clever yeah. finish. I thought that was. No. I thought that'd be like quite straightforward, but no, not being a football guy or anything. You, you toe pug it sometimes, and it just goes like that. He just toe pug, and it's like no Ronaldo. It's that lace one on, and it just <coughs> dips the ball. Well, you can do that with a toe pug. He's got that. He's got in the locker. It's good skill to have. Mm. Yeah, good finish. Good finish. So moving on into Saturday, the 5th of January. We'll start by wishing a very happy 31st birthday to Charlie Lee. And Charlie, another one. Probably didn't have the season he wanted to last season. No. Out for injury. Missed, yeah. missed a lot of it. Came back towards the later end. But this season's really flourished. Scored a few good goals. That long throw and becomes more of a weapon. Yeah. And again, seems like a, a great character to have around the football. He club. is. He's another one. Another good character. He's very funny. But when training's on, he's one of the most... Serious and probably gets the gets the most of the ump when his team don't win in a five side or something like that and disputes every decision in the five side. <laughs> so you don't want to be referee when you're doing when he's in the games. But it's, it's to say you could go through him, but he's another way. He's a great lad. He's like old school. You know how he is and his banter and that. And it's uh, mm. he's a funny man. He's one you want to be in the trenches with definitely. Let's see what cakes he brings in tomorrow. Yes, because <laughs> he's the first one to dig people out. Actually, yeah, I there's bet. a fine on the players list. I won't say the word, I'll say bad cakes. It says bad cakes. And I think it's like 30 or quid if everyone votes that they're a bad selection of cakes. So. Well, Ross told us that someone did bring in a bad well, selection. Corley. Was it Bond? Ross said well, Corley's cakes were questionable. Were they right? Okay. And he said Alibis were very good because Alibis, I think, was a couple of days after. He went for it. He had cupcakes with sweets on and all that. Yeah, he did. That's what, not, not that we know, but that's what Ross said. We've got to stay off the cakes now. I'll go on the bike now after training. and got to lose my celebrations. <laughs> my quality street people still have quality street I apparently do. yeah apparently yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely so main event in as Salford visited uh, the Bray Group Stadium so Danny quick question obviously a big big game first versus third how would you prepare for this do you take it as a standard match or do you, you look at it differently obviously all the press is what it comes with it in terms of it being streamed it's yeah I think one of the things I've I've got from the manager this year is that is how if it's sort of not broke, sort of don't fix it. I mean, it's the same build up as if you were playing Beaconsfield or respect mm. or Braintree away or mm. Wrexham, wherever. Played a game uh, at the occasion. Yeah, it was like I think it sort of Coles hurt his calf in the week. Joby's toe has been quite sore, so they were like quite sporadic with the days they train. So in an ideal world, yeah, your starting team and the squad train every day fully all out. But it's, it's life, isn't it? Sometimes mm. it's not a case. You've got to patch people up, give them a bit of rest time and get on with it. So that was probably a bit of a... The only thing you go, oh, I wish everyone was absolutely fully fit throughout the week. To, mm. For them, because as a player, you want to be out there every day training. Because uh, you've only had like Thursday and Friday, right? I'm assuming Wednesday would have been a rest day. Thursday's off this year. So that's another thing he's brought in. He's brought, he's, I think he did that at Gillingham. Okay. So I know Bournemouth have done it for years and I've never really thought about it. It's always been Wednesday, standard. Yeah. But I think the theory behind the Thursdays is that you could have more intense days and the Friday can be a sort of a short one. 
Yeah. Whereas if you're Wednesday off, you've only really got Tuesday, which was a blast, because Monday they've had the game, on the Saturday <coughs> and Thursday you're building it down. So I think it's a way of getting another intense day in knowing Thursday. No, it is. I've never looked at it. I know, it. Way to come at it, I know yeah. Eddie Howe's done it for a while. Actually, <coughs> Justin's done it for a while. And I know a few of the older lads feel better for it. So it's oh. the whole thing, like the sports science and medical stuff. Yeah, you go up and then it's, it's it, down it, for exactly. the game. It is. There was a coach, is it Rennie Melenstein I read, about they'd have Mondays off and then that way you'd do Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, like, Kevin Nolan did that. Did he? He had, he had everyone in on Sundays. Yeah. Because that's what the big yeah. boys do. I think that's what the premiership boys do. Sunday and have a warm down. Warm down the ones yeah. who didn't play, go at it, like proper session. Monday off. Yeah, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's exactly the plan. The, yeah. the thing that I'd read about. Yeah, and I think it makes that, sense. That's what West Ham always. Should do, I think that's where he got it from. That's what the Premier League, right. the Premier League teams do. That uh, there's different ways of doing it. Do you know what I mean? But oh, as I say, we're top of the league, so it's what it, we're doing. So right. We're doing right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right for us. Yeah. Exactly. So the team lined up then: Dean Brewing goal with Lynn Coulson, Ekpeteta, and Widdison, uh, the four-man defence with Brophy, Gorman, Lee, McEnough across the middle, and Bon and Karoma up top with Sargent on the bench with Happy, Lawless, Maguire, Drew, new signing, and Matty Harold. Yep. So Justin Edinburgh named an unchanged starting lineup to the team that started against Dagenham and Redbridge on New Year's Day. Whilst new signing Jordan Maguire drew his name uh, on the bench, and James Allaby left out of the squad. So your views on that one? Um, well, I followed up on, on what you said, so I, I, I yeah, you go first. <laughs> so I said, I thought Lawless might have got the nod over Gorman, and a shame that Clay is not fit enough to make the squad, although Justin intimated that he might be uh, following the Daggers home game. Uh, Allaby completely out of the squad, so I'm not sure where that leaves James. Yeah, no, I agree with you on Lawless, actually. I thought that the way that he'd played so well, I thought he'd done well enough in the Dagenham game on New Year's Day to, to give Justin that selection headache and choose him over Dow. But, you know, Justin sees him in trading every day. He knows better uh, than we do. I think that Allaby being left out tells you all that you need to know. Although, I think if we had seven subs, he would obviously be yeah. one of them seven. But that isn't the case. So, for... For games, does Justin tell the players on the morning of the match they'll be selected? Does he do it on the Friday? Does he wait until mid-afternoon on the Saturday? He usually does it on the match day uh, with the starting team and the subs and he, he uh, talks to the, has a chat with the ones who are not involved completely. Uh, so everyone has to turn uh, up? Yes. And yeah, then he definitely. Tells and then sometimes in Michael, the, the fitness coach, he'll decide whether the boys depend on what they've done in the week and what's planned for the next week whether they do some work before the game or after the game so you see some of the lads running after or before the game that's up to Michael and, and sort of the manager puts that in his hands uh, but it, it, you said about the seven subs it, you know it, it's tough because in the league you take that for granted that you can mm. sort of half keep everyone happy because they're all getting changed they're all involved and it is it certainly happened to me a lot of times when I was playing you sort of bombed out the squad they call it I've been bombed I've been running it's a horrible feeling you know, it's, it's not nice when you're sort of left out completely because mm. you want the boys to do well but they win and they're celebrating and you're high-fiving people but you don't feel part of it as such they lose and you think oh, well I didn't want them to lose but I might have a chance of getting back in so your mind's yeah. going all over the place but in terms of how the lads who haven't been involved this year for certain games have carried themselves as different class James included you know uh Dale, Alex especially, he's had a few a few times, because being a senior pro, you might expect someone like that to kick up a fuss and yeah. come in and train and not really try it. It's not his style. So Matty Harold, Ella Kobe's been fantastic. Yeah. And it's brilliant. And things like that, it sounds a bit cringy. And if you are one of them, you don't want to hear it. Think, oh, like, roll your eyes, job. But when you've got those characters in your building, it does... It makes your life easier as a coach or a manager because you can just come. You haven't got to worry about. Oh, he's got the um. He's got the um. 
such a good group. They're so professional to a man that, you know, you feel for him. You know, the manager does, he doesn't want to leave anyone out, I'd imagine, but you, you've got to. You've got to, and for the one you leave out, is the one you're in, they think they should be in each other's place, and that's sort of the law of the jungle. But uh, all I can say is that how they carry themselves when they're not involved is, is first class. Absolutely, absolutely. Lots of tweets following uh, the lineup. Marcus Main has tweeted us, so it looks about right. Gorman wants to produce today. Completely understand Alibi's decision. Just hasn't delivered enough physicality for someone of his size. And that's the first of many tweets that are going to come uh, throughout this episode. Yep, so the O's were led out by our little South Stand chum, eight-year-old James Houghton, who was one of the mascots. And well done uh, to James for applauding the South Stand. Uh, as the match kicked off in a packed Brisbane road, it was first versus third in the National League in front of a live international audience. Yeah. Sounds very posh and it very does. Sky Sportsy in Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, and probably that's about as good as it gets. Really. Yeah, it is about as good uh, as it gets. In terms yeah. of the match, the O's got off to the worst possible start. Salford took the lead in the sixth minute as a whitehead corner was floated into the box and Pierre Jarni made his run towards goal, cleverly shakes with his man Mark Tessa, <laughs> and he headed the ball past Dean Brill, uh, who had no chance, I think, to make it 1-0 to Salford, a bit of a disappointing start after six minutes. Yeah, I thought poor defending on our part, and I think Marvin slamming the floor with his with his fist, I think, um, told you all that you needed to see on that. Um, shame, really. Um, you don't ever want to be going a goal behind in a game, let alone in the sixth minute, so... I think it's, you know, we can take it as poor defender, but a great ball from Whitehead. I didn't realise Whitehead was the guy who was at Macclesfield yeah, last season. Yeah, he's a good player. Best I player I saw last season uh, that match by mile. I think at this level, a lot with set pieces, it's about A, the delivery, which we're lucky, especially with someone like Joby and, and Dates when he was fit and, and Brovsk could it as well, that delivery into the box. Uh, and, and second, it's that, that old word, desire. And I think I've been a big fan of him for a while, like Pierre Gianni, because he's been around the block and he, he always shows that desire to go and almost head head skull like he was head through someone's head to go and get the ball yeah. and spoke to Marvin leading up to the game in the days and, and sort of showed in the sort of runs he does and yeah, it's it's not something that Marv didn't do right so to speak he's just a young a young pro who's been absolutely magnificent and uh, and he, he, he won't mark like that again because he won't because he wants to improve and, and you need to make mistakes yeah. you need to make mistakes to improve uh, and it's you know, if you if you're making those same mistakes ten games on the trot, there's a problem. But he won't because, you know, today he's a spoke to him and he wants to do a bit of work tomorrow to, to put it right, you know, before everyone starts training and that's that that sums him up and what he's like. So it's something that is you see I think Lincoln this year of of they've got four or five absolute giants who just go and attack the ball like that and it, it makes a big difference. Uh and you know Three or four years' time, I'm, I'm sure Marv's doing that week in, week out, like, like Pierre Gianni is. Yeah, mm. clever run. So we found ourselves with a goal down just two minutes later. Salford doubled their lead as Whitehead controlled and always had a clearance, put a superb cross into the box between Marvin and Ling, and Gaffney was there to head in from close range. And again, no chance for Brill, and it was 2 0 within eight minutes. Unbelievable, really. This is the first time we've sat here this season uh, and been in this position, and most of us sat there like just absolutely stunned that they'd gone 2 0 up so quickly, not, not, not experienced that before. Uh, having seen the goal back, I mean, the, the quality of that ball was superb. On his head. Like, on yeah, his head. delivered between two our defenders and and he's just, like Gaffney, all he had to do was head it on target and it was a goal. So a lot of credit to them for that. Um, it, it's just the quality that's beaten us. And, you know, they're the, probably the first team that I can remember us talking about someone that's put in such quality delivery that's beaten our defence. Because it doesn't usually happen. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got some good players. Isn't they? They've got a very, very big budget, everyone talks about, but it doesn't necessarily mean you, you're going to produce. Well, yeah. The players are playing well. Obviously, 
been around the block, their manager, and he's mm. proven good manager, yeah, yeah. Which, I'm, which I'm sure he is. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you don't make it on feel any better, but it just happens. Yeah, sometimes exactly. you just switch off and you mark. And as I say, if you're if you look at seasons gone past where we haven't been very successful, those things are happening every week. I remember when the terrible season we got rid of League Two, we were conceding a goal from a corner nearly every single game. Yeah. And I, I watched from afar, the managers were the doing the work it was if the managers weren't trying to put it right and it mm. just just it just happened, you know. So we're we're lucky we're not lucky, it's down to the, the work the players are doing that we haven't that's the first time really where every time the ball went in the box you're standing thinking, Oh dear, that could score here, oh dear and we haven't felt like that, but mm. sometimes you need that. Because then training tomorrow we're doing a bit of work on it and it shakes you up, right, okay, maybe I have to do a bit of work on this now because we can't let this happen again. Yeah, so it just yeah. shakes everyone up and you go again. But uh, no, that was Ten minutes in, it was a bit like you, a bit in shock in the dugout. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Thirteen minutes in, a pill for nine penalty as James Brophy looks to be taken out in the area by Toure. And uh, for us from the south stands, obviously we were looking at it. It looked Quite like it way. looked like a penalty from the a quote long was, way away. But the quote not was that one back. from the fourth official was the ref said there was contact but minimal contact, which doesn't make sense to me because I think. But if there's any form of contact, it's a penalty. Uh, no? That's Is that that's what I, I don't know thought, the rules because I understand diving. If there's no contact, definitely booking. I get mm. that. If there's contact, I don't it's see how that's not a penalty. I don't yeah. get that. I thought well, it was a strange thing to say. What strength the, the contact no. level is. I, no. mean, I haven't read the rule book, but I'm pretty no. sure that it doesn't matter. It's, it's not a strange thing. But saying that, I think you can <coughs> sit every week and, and talk about officials mm. at every level. Yeah, right? I think you've, got to, you've got to beat you've got to beat the opposition and, and the officials sometimes if you want to get promotion. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. looked like a stonewall penalty for me. Mm. But again, um, we're at the other end. But like you say, you've kind of cleared that up for us. So 15 minutes now. Uh, on the clock, uh, we took this tweet from George Sessions. He says, Corona is fouled and Pond smashes him off the ball. All kicked off and loads of players came together. Charlie Lee and Cole Piergiani came together and Lee grabs the Salford man by the face. Could be in trouble here. And Coroma and Lee see a book in a piece and Lee's very lucky in his book, um, in George's book, to not be uh, probably punished further. And then the Salford pair, Pond and Piergiani, also get a caution each that seemed to be I didn't quite see I think what he was just trying there. to stroke his ponytail I, think <laughs> I like your hair mate that's what we said to the ref he's just trying to look at his lovely hair what are you talking he did about? have lovely hair yeah beautiful hair didn't he? Uh, no I think you look at that and you, you are thinking you can see their dug because you don't see it at the time you think oh please don't let anyone I've done something here do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, it's yeah, yeah, the last yeah. thing we need I'm sure they think it's the last thing yeah, they yeah, thought yeah. it was a very very naughty tackle but there's a lot of things going on that game you could be here all day analysing it yeah. but that's life yeah, so yeah, absolutely. 25th minute also taken from George who said superb defending from Ling Gaffney crosses in and Tom Walker looks set to score but Ling heads away and wins a free kick he did indeed Josh Caroma registered our first shot on target in the 27th minute following some neat build up play but it was an easy save for Neil in the Salford goal yeah, 33rd minute again from George, who said Ekpatessa plays the ball forward but sends his pass out for a throw. Marvin has been outstanding this season, but he has had a stinker so far. Sure, he will come back strongly during the next half hour, though. And yeah, I tend to agree with that. He looked a bit rattled. Uh, I thought Matt Green was probably better than what I remember him being. And I thought he was, he was a very clever forward. He given Marvin very well, it's a very tough time. But like you said, Marvel work on that, his experience, and hopefully he comes back stronger from it. Mm. Yeah, um, Neil was properly tested uh, in the uh, Salford goal uh, on the 36th minute as Joby McEnough's low shot towards the bottom corner. He did well to save that, actually. Yeah, he did. In the 39th minute, it was almost free. And was one that <coughs> made another quality ball into the box. And Gaffney, with a lot of space and time, fired his shot early. 
fired it thankfully well, well over well into over. the south stand. I think it had it in a three 0 there. I think at two 0 you go right. If we probably hold back for half time and start, yeah. we get back into it. But three 0 you think it's, it's, it's probably it's, done. It's, it's, it's a miracle, unfortunately. It does, yeah. yeah. I'm glad he didn't score then, obviously, but. I think we got caught out again because he found himself in a lot of time and space at that particular yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's good uh, for us. Three minutes of injury time have played uh, and in the last minute of injury time we almost pull a goal back as Joby McAnuff's corner is cleared. Charlie Lee knocks it back in and Josh Coulson flicks the ball on but Gaffney clears off the line and before we can take the resulting corner the half-time whistle blew and we go in trailing 2-0 at half-time to those two early goals. Yeah, lots of tweets coming in to us at half-time at Boomchan JP so they're Horrendous first half. What a time for eight or nine players to have an off day. Tommy X Velo said, Salford defending well and looking dangerous on the break. Really need a goal for Orient soon and defenders need a rocket at half-time. Yeah, Bert underscore daddy says, we've been starting slow a lot recently and this time we've paid for it. Second half will show just what this team is about. I am Emo said, in the last game... I am underscore Emo said... He said in the last game, this midfield of Lee and Gorman doesn't work. Salford are big and strong. They're first at every ball and they thoroughly deserve their lead. We haven't turned up yet. LOFC1971 says, what a day to have our worst performance so far. And for the worst ref I've seen this season to turn up. Big half-time team talk and second half coming up. And I Heart Rushmore said, what an awful 10 minutes. Concerned that the strikers look isolated and we haven't recognised the space in front of our midfield pair. Missing Clay as they, both, as they, both Lee and Gorman, are sitting too deep. Perhaps Joby in the middle and bring on JMD. So what was the kind of feeling at half-time? Justin, take control of it or do you do your own beer? Does Ross do his own beer? No, uh, so Justin, win, lose or draw, we'll say his bit and Ross will say something and I'll probably go around and talk to him individually and see if and I think it's I hope you don't need three voices half time players because half the second players are really just to get back in the zone and don't need someone else and maybe give him mixed messages to what the previous two mm. were given and the players and just is so sort of strong with how he is and how he talks that they always need it and then Ross will come in a bit calmer maybe and talk about some stuff so uh, yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a air dry treatment or anything like that I think at 2-0 down you're not doing great sometimes you might need a bit of a rocket but don't really want to be made to feel worse than, than what you do so yeah. it wasn't that approach from the manager uh, it was just what you would expect really sort of uh, and what we all believe you know, if we got the next goal okay. I think, Early, we, would, I think we would have won I do I think we would have come back out of vision first half that we'd gone 1-3-2 but it wasn't to be they defended very well uh, it's just like 3-0 it's game over but if you got if you got Two one maybe twenty fifteen minutes left. You got to get a point, yeah. but it wasn't too bad. But if we get that penalty, we're going in at two one. You get that penalty, time, yeah. And no. another goal in the second half, and you've got to put Nick. Hundred percent. But you balance it out. I think we played Bournemouth a while ago at home, didn't we? And the, the job we had a penalty, didn't we? And yeah, we just did. just outside the box. Yeah, so yeah. You, I'm, I'm, yeah I don't want to be too philosophical, but you'd, you'd like to think you get yeah, something for yourself. Out. You'd like yeah. to think so. Yeah. 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 So attendance was announced at a whopping 6,937 with just 251 away fans. Yeah. Sparsely packing out the, uh, the, the away in. So another fantastic uh, yeah, home amazing. attendance. So great to see. And the second half kicked off with no subs for the O's who were looking to come back from a two-goal deficit and almost did in the 46th minute. It was a superb through ball from Joby McEnough. Really clever ball. Found Josh Karoma uh, just uh, inside the box. A bit of space. He shot early. A decent shot, but well saved by nil uh, in the Salford goal. And for Salford, that's as good as a goal, really. I mean, if that goes in and it's a completely different game, it wakes the crowd up. We've got 45 minutes to really 
get behind and battle yeah. them. And I think they would have sat deep. If they would have gone back, they would have just defended for it. Yeah, I think if you, you score that, but what's pleasing, he was on his weaker foot and he's done a lot of work with Josh because his, his weaker foot was used to be really, really weak. Do you know what I mean? His left foot and he's got it better. So, on a positive, you go, he made the goal, he had to make a save, yeah. he didn't shank it at the floor or kick it over the bar. So, that's a, for, for an individual thing, that's an improvement for him. He's made the goal to work on his weaker mm-hmm. foot. As simple as that sounds to people, that's fit. for someone like Josh who's mm-hmm. young and developing those weaker parts of his game. That's great, but you go if it goes in. Yeah, I keep saying it. You never know, do you? Might no, have back you've got to try it. Yeah. Game. On another day, it does, though, doesn't it? Yeah, another day, it goes through his legs and yeah, goes yeah, in the goal. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. it does. Yeah. So, 53 minutes on the clock. Then Dal, uh, Dal Gorman sorry, went in the book for a late challenge on the, uh, in the Salford penalty box. Yeah, just after that, the official uh, Leighton Orient Twitter uh, feed tweeted by saying he owes a dominating possession against an organised team. Karoma, the latest to try his luck, is his curling effort. Is held by him, so putting a bit of pressure on again. Karoma looking looking very lively as he has been for the last couple of weeks, so good to see that. Yeah, in the 60th minute, a good spell of pressure for the OCs. Josh Karoma set up Joby McEnough, but Neil saved his effort comfortably, and we're starting to pin them back in their own half now. They're starting to sit a bit deeper, we noticed as well. Yeah, 64th minute, double sub for the OCs. Alex Lawless and Jordan Maguire Drew uh, came on for Dale Gorman and Charlie Lee, is, uh, JMD now we'll call him, makes his <laughs> debut as he goes on to the right wing. Brophy now on the left and Joby joins Lawless uh, in the middle. And you've been saying for quite a while, particularly I think in the first half, about why Bro- like how comes Brophy is on the right when he's better on the left. Well, you kept, you kept saying that Link was running and there was no one ahead of him. And I said, well, it's because Brophy's a left footer. So Brophy's <coughs> having to come inside to get to wait um, for the ball, essentially. Yeah, yeah I think that's... not naturally uh, on the right. We did it a lot with when Dakes was fit. And I think him and Joby feel more comfortable on the other side. Dakes is more of a player that wants to come in as is Joby to get involved. And I think, like I said earlier, it's been working and Dakes and Jibro stepped in and, and done ever so well. Uh, but we've, we've gone with that same system of playing on opposite sides and I think sometimes bro, once he comes in and he goes he's a right threat do you know what I mean but other times you say when you've got a team so set up yeah. like a low block you call it where they all just pack in and sit deep no matter what you're doing and where they are it's enough hard to get past them you know mm. um, but I think the logic behind it is, is the fact that it was working very well with, with dates on that opposite side and just thought go on bro he's a good player go and, go and sort of do the same role but uh, yeah as I say you get the result yesterday it's, it's, it's hard not to look at all the things and the yeah, and, buts and, yeah, yeah. and negatives which is understandable yeah, exactly and we've been saying for a while as well but Gorman for Lawless was a good substitution at that point um, time. at that point yeah, yeah 66 minutes uh, just two minutes later then Josh Coulson has to come off injured for the O's <coughs> and is replaced by Dan Happy and obviously we hope Josh is okay. He would be a big miss, but obviously you've got Dan Happy, who's done very well when he's come into the team. Yeah. What George Alakobi, who can't even get in the squad, and who would thought he'd been saying that a couple of months Two ago. Two excellent players ready to go. I mean, I think it was his hamstring cold, so hopefully it's nothing too bad. Mm. We'd like, we've got two weeks to our next league game, so it gives him a bit of time, potentially, same with like Craig and that, to get back. Uh, but I said, with Dan and George, you've got two ready-made replacements. Yeah, really yeah. Just yeah Josh Coulson has been in contact and does appear later in the podcast with a a nice question for you. Oh, does he? So you yeah, can oh, surely fine, done. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Get that one secret over the tea before. <laughs> <laughs> so the next, yeah, we won't give any more away. No. So the next 10 minutes see more pressing from the O's but without creating much. 
And in the 77th minute, Joby McEnough won a free kick just outside the box. And Jordan Maguire drew, uh, stepped up, but he curled the free kick. And it was only just wide. That was a very, very good free kick. Yeah, yeah, decent effort. I'm yeah. not shirking away. You know, 2-0 down, home day, you could easily go, go on, Joby, you have it. But yeah. once he wants it, and I think decent. He'll, he'll bring another set piece for it, I think. With his is he both? Is, is he ambidextrous? He's no, he's mainly left. That's a nice oh, word. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he'd use both feet, yeah. No, he's more left, though. Much right, stronger okay. than his left. He only uses big words, we have special guests in Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I read a dictionary before I come out, that's what it was. <laughs> I'm, slight, I'm only on that. <laughs> then in the 80th minute, Salford wrapped the game up and make it 3 0 from a free kick that actually didn't really look like a free kick at the time. It looked like more of an O's free kick, but oh. there you go. Walker crossed the ball in again, Piagiani with a clever run and heads into the back of the net from close range to complete a miserable day for him. As a bit of an exodus ensues from the crowd after 3 0. Game over, really, with 10 minutes to go. Another clever goal, good good ball, good that, run. That was our foul, though, wasn't it? For, it looks like it was. Because yeah. you've obviously seen it back. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it looked Very like good. it was. I think that look, we've been in games like that, I think, away from home, where you feel you're probably getting more decisions than the home team and vice versa. And mm. as I say, you'd like to think it all balances itself out, but it did feel that there was a lot going. Maybe <laughs> yeah. a certain way that day. But regardless of free kick or not, we, we've got to got to defend that better you know because we're going to have a lot of free kicks and corners against us that aren't free kicks and corners and we don't want to be sort of end up not getting where we want to go and me sitting here in the summer going well if we had more free kicks gone our way because no one want to hear that excuse so we've got to make sure that if a decision's bad we've got to defend it right yeah yeah very good very good point not much to talk about really for the rest of the match seven minutes of added time are played out uh it was six and he changed it to seven which sees some o's pressure without any real chances to talk about and the four-time whistle goes as he owes four to a three-nil defeat at the hands of Salford. I think all our other defeats have just been by the one goal. So yes. I don't think that's, that's yeah, that, that, that's the one thing we've had. I think it's only bar the FA Cup at Maidstone. It's all been by, by a goal, which is yeah. which is quite a good thing because it shows you don't crumble or keep Absolutely. going. Yeah, today was yesterday was a, hopefully a, a one-off. Absolutely. So uh, we won doing the post-match yesterday, but the victory <coughs> was. And here's what Justin Edinburgh had to say post-match. in which those goals were conceded today yeah extremely um, but you know it's unlike us um, but you know once we conceded the goals that we did it was always going to be a, a tall order to get back into it but it wasn't through lack of effort determination there was that in abundance but you know when you come up against a good team and you give them the two goal lead that we did you know we found it very hard to find space to create anything um, and unfortunately when that chance did come along the goalkeeper made a very good save you don't often concede from set pieces well it's only the second one so I, I can't stand here and start hammering the players that's the second goal that we conceded from a set piece all season uh, but unfortunately it came at the wrong time in the wrong game difficult day for the defence and the defender went off Josh Coulson what's the news there uh, don't know I haven't had time to assess that one day so uh, unfortunately I can't give you the answer to that and having got those early goals it was always going to be difficult to break down that defence yeah no it was you know we come up against a good team got good players um, they were organised and uh, you know once they got that lead they was uh, determined not to give it up give no space up for long periods they've had 11 men in their own half and, and you know we just couldn't find the, the space which there wasn't really any and uh, it became a very frustrating and difficult afternoon there was shouts for a penalty kick yeah there definitely was a penalty but again you know we've had inadequate referees and linesmen that you know clear views not obstructed to make a clear decision um, could have changed the game but you know, unfortunately it didn't 
You've been waiting a long time to uh, strengthen the squad. Jordan Maguire Drew came on in the second half. Yeah, show glimpses. You know, I think. You know, on, on, on another game, it would have been somewhere where you might find space and pockets. But I think sometimes you have to give credit to the opposition, and you know they certainly denied and restricted us any any space, uh, any any chance to get any passing in, into the game. Uh, flooded the midfield, flooded the back, played five at the back. But you know, listen, that, that's credit to them. They got their noses in front off of set plays um, and, and defended that for their lives. Looking to bring anybody else in? Yeah, you know that, Dave. I've spoke that. That's, that's nothing's changed. So yeah, we're looking to strengthen. And it's the striker that's the target. Yeah, no, we're, we're looking all areas. You know, we, we, if we feel there's a player out there that can make us better, then we'll, we'll try and bring him to the club. And what about the possibility of uh, people leaving? Because there's all these rumours about sort of big clubs linked to the likes of Macaulay Bond and Josh Cuomo. No, I'll be honest. We've had no inquiries, no contact. So I think you know people can quite easily. Um, Cause speculation in social media now, which obviously people are, but no facts behind that, as far as I know at the moment. Um, so no, no inquiries, no bids, or nothing. National League was always going to be tight. Recent results have proved that. Both the Salford and Wrexham who lost today. Of course, you know I, I think that anyone thought that the league was going to be won on the fifth of January, and then they probably would have been scored out there in a white jacket. Um, this is going to go to the wire. There's a lot of good teams in here. There's a lot of teams that you know uh, are fighting. And uh, it's going to be a, an intriguing second half to the season. But attention switches to the trophy next. And how are we going to approach that game at Rex? Like every other game, go and try and win the game. A few people were surprised that both clubs have agreed to a replay. Yeah, but I think, listen, it's, uh, it's something that we, we feel that if we go there and we were to get a draw, then I think we, we deserve to bring them back to our own stadium. You're not worried about sort of fixture congestion, though? No, no, no. I think that they, they free up now. Dave, you know, we've, we've got no midweek games coming up now, I think, till, till February, so I, I don't envisage no uh, fixture backlog. Still dreaming of a double, then? Of course. Listen, I think it's a competition that we, we realistically look and hope that we can win, so we'll go there. Um, and, and we'll go there to win the game. It's early about Josh Coulson. What about other injuries? Craig Clay is still not in the squad. Yeah, no. Just, just hasn't cleared up as quickly as we probably thought. So, um, you know, we'll be cautious of that for next week. But I have no doubt he'll be ready for the absolute game. Anybody else? No, no. Everyone else is fit, yeah. Thanks very much, Justin. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. you. That was Justin speaking to Dave Victor after the match. And a massive thanks, as always, to Dave for giving us that interview. So that defeat meant the O's stayed top of the pole in the National League. And as Wrexham lost at home to Dover, Salford now move up to second in the table, just two points behind the O's, who are still top and have now played 29, won 16, drawn 9, lost 4, 57 points. And the goal difference, I've said, to come down mm. from plus 32 to plus 29. And I think Salford is now plus 24. So still... By a mile, the healthiest goal yeah, in the division, yeah. even though it has taken uh, a bit of a hit. So, your views on yesterday's match? Yeah, shock result. Levy. A shock result. I don't think that would be a surprise for anyone to hear me say that. Two quick goals early in the game were a real low point and something we haven't experienced uh, this season at all. And apart from the terrible time wasting tactics from various Salford players, I think their goalkeeper for me stood out to be um, particularly poor at that. Uh, I thought Salford were very, very good. Probably one of the better sides, one of the best sides actually that we've. Uh, uh, I've seen us play at home. Uh, once they had that two-goal lead, they de- defended heavily in numbers and we really found it hard to, to find that space to exploit. And it's something that Ross had mentioned as well. And it's only retrospectively now I look back that they were defending in numbers and we do find it hard to find those pockets because they just don't exist. Um, it's not like it's glaring and we're just not seeing it. It's no. just 
they don't make them because they're so compact that we're they're inviting us on that they'll soak up our pressure and then they'll go and counter and do what they want yeah, to do. I think uh, yeah. the game plan to sort of to drop few notes when we had the ball anywhere they had everyone behind the ball yeah. and they all shuffled left to right and they both both forward did it ever so well. Gaffney mm. and Green side to side to side to side to side and they were deep from the start of the game and then you find when teams away from it, they score and they go another five yards and they score again and they go another so they're almost really well, playing in their half mm. and we're playing people yeah. and you cross it they're going to clear it you try and play through they're going to get a block on it and it's tough and it's tough and that's why as a coach or manager you're watching on the side at one nil down and you know it you go oh no because you know what the next move is it's just yeah. going to and they go again now we've got to, it's what I'm doing but you've got to find a way you hope you get a bit of luck where Richie the ref sees a, a blatant penalty or Josh puts that one in through the goalie's legs or something and gets you back into it more yeah. times than not any level it's very, very tough to, to come back against a very organised team like yeah. that and they were very organised mm-hmm. I think that's that's quite fair to say and don't get me started obviously on how poor the officials were <laughs> uh, that game turned down a stonewall penalty uh, failed to clamp down on unsporting behaviour and, and you know that, ref, that uh, you know, I know there's a <coughs> six second rule for the goalkeepers to kick it out. I know it's not really ever enforcement is that still that's, they, don't, they seem to be a lot more relaxed on that yeah, than they ever used very to. relaxed when they first come out they were on it weren't they yeah. Yeah. it seems yeah. to have gone a little bit yeah, they don't, well, he had it for 12, 14, 15 yeah, seconds. I mean, yeah. if, if that's not running the clock down on Sporting, I don't know. No. I don't know what is. But yeah, gave decisions against us instead of for us. But again, you could probably go on and moan about that forever. Plenty of people would probably lose their minds over this loss. I was walking back. Um, I popped to Lewin. I came back and someone I heard I overheard someone say, oh, the wheels are coming off now. Um, like four, four losses in 29 games mm-hmm. is not the wheels coming off for me. So um, I think with one or two additions that I don't know who... Justin's got planned, but I'm sure whatever the, the additions are, I'm sure they'll be fine and we'll, we'll, we'll push on. Yeah, I mean, I'd gone to bed. I thought Salford were the best team easily by miles. I've seen some decent ones. I thought Salford easily were the best team. Their front two worked hard, didn't they? Yeah. Their two centre backs, Pond and Pierjani, mm. Mint as well. Their keeper played well when he had to. Um, terrible start, very unlike us this season. I think very uncharacteristic. Um, but you know it happens. I thought Matt Green was immense, and Marvin uncharacteristically looked really nervous against him. I thought Gorman found it tough in the middle. Brophy found it hard being on the right, and Sam didn't have anyone to pass up to. And Kramer and Bond struggled to get service, which means Kramer drops back like, like he does. And yeah. a difficult day made worse by losing Josh Coulson, who we all hope's okay. But saying that, you know, if we get the penalty and score that, it's a different game than 15 minutes. Yes. If Kramer scores at the start of the second half, it's yeah. a completely different second half. But it wasn't that day. Pick ourselves up. 17 games left. If we win all 17. We go up. Well, yeah. that's the Salford won't win all seventeen. So that's the beauty of football that we can all sit here as I say as staff or players and fans and have an opinion on it. Do you know what I mean that's yeah. what's so good about football because next week we go go to Wrexham and win. It's a different vibe of conversation. You just never know what's going to happen yeah. to the next. It's yeah. frustrating, but it's all part of the. It's fun. very up and down, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's very yeah. up and down. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned opinions because <laughs> we always say this when we start going through listener tweets. But we always get a huge amount of feedback, and we're saying thank you for everything that comes into at or in Outlook. <laughs> And we try and read out as many as possible. And just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. But there were absolutely tons. I like my phone I had to stop looking at. I was out for dinner with mates last night, and I just I just had to stop. It was it was mental until about midnight this morning. And then when I woke up, it was still going mental. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with an email from Glenn Bevan. Anything you want to 
agree yeah, with, yeah. disagree with, feel free to butt in. Who emailed us and said, Strange feeling after today. I didn't think we were too bad today, apart from Gorman, and just thoroughly outclassed in every department. I think Salford will go on to win the league by at least 10 points. They played in second gear and could have scored whenever they wanted. How Gorman gets in our team is beyond me, but when it's a choice between Gorman or Lawless, you know you're struggling. But then again, when all said and done, we are top of the league. That's Which is playing. the right point to end on, I think, there. Cliff Weston, uh, the unofficial, official Orient Outlet podcast <laughs> chauffeur uh, or former. Uh, well, what can I say about today's game? I've no understanding why we played with no real intent, not putting them under pressure or show any passion whatsoever. I'm not one for singling players out, but in the last seven days I've seen Orient three times and I'm afraid to say Samling is not good enough. Today was a poor team performance, very similar to the Dover game, where we created very few chances. And if we're not careful, we'll throw away an opportunity to win the league and the playoffs are, as we know, no certainty. So those were emails that came into Orient Outlook at Outlook.com on Twitter at Orient Outlook. Record Blue App starts them off by saying too nervy to start with and the game is over in the first eight minutes. Losing Josh is massive and we are still too lightweight in midfield. Disappointing. The only silver lining is the Rex from result. Yeah, Tom P1984 said, Once again, only two teams in the top eight won today, showing how unpredictable the league is. I think that's a really important point to yeah. To, to make as well Salford had a game plan from the start and executed it brilliantly with five at the back and looked to defend the fact they got goals uh, for them the fact they got the goals for them was a bonus an off day for Marv and once again the officials were shocking but always expect that yeah one Adam Conway says a wake up call that we aren't quite as good as we all thought defensively very poor three completely free headers and time to strengthen. Some of the tweets do get better, by the way. It's not when they get in, they do get a bit better. <laughs> Tolu underscore Sango said, fans blaming the ref every time we lose is pathetic. We can't break down defensive teams and Salford were very good tactically. Yeah, Samuel LFC 97 says, two early goals killed the game. We started slow in recent games and give everyone a rest next week and go again against Ebsfleet. Still top of the league though, so still in our hands. Uh, though JMD was decent when he got the ball. Brophy cannot play on the right. Oh, he has no right foot. The last five games, we've picked up seven points. Salford, six points. And Wrexham, also seven points. So the gap hasn't really changed uh, since before Christmas, uh, which is another good point. It's where it was. Yeah, Daniel underscore D44 said he thought Salford played very well and scored two early goals and didn't give our forwards a sniff. All three goals were superb crosses, something we should make a note of. Our defence was poor and our midfield was too static. They always seem to be behind play when we attack. Yeah, it's church. It's 2-0 down early on. With 10 men behind the ball, it's very tough against a side with three times the budget that we have. But let's not get carried away. Play that game again, it's unlikely it would go the same way twice. The second goal was a handball in the build-up and a pretty ridiculous cross between the centre-backs. Yeah, Chris underscore Convy said, quite worrying that we couldn't put any decent crosses in the box, especially since Salford were happy to let us have the ball with their, with their two-goal lead. As bad as the scoreline was, I, can't, I can get over that, but it's our inability to break down teams who just defend that worries me most. Scully1881 says, why won't we switch the side of the wingers from time to time? Everyone in the whole ground knew that Brophy McEnough we're going to cut inside every time. I think we've already touched upon that, Danny, that you came on to. So. Gorillas1985 one, one, said, We were poor today, but when they scored to make it 3-0, about a 1,000 fans left with 10 minutes to play. The players don't need to see that. We're still top of the league, and uh, the, we're still top, and the league is still in our hands. Get behind the team if we're winning, drawing, or losing. That's yeah. a good point. Pandemonium1881 says, Deserve to lose, no question, and it's all about the first eight minutes. Defend balls into your box, and it's a completely different game. We were cold all over the pitch and undone by a clinical Salford team. But it doesn't help when you have four officials that simply don't have a clue between them. At Trousers Techno said, We were second best and second to the ball in both boxes. Had limited midfield creativity and some defensive howlers and too much square passing equals not a great performance. 
It's how we react to this that matters, which I think is a great point. I remember yeah. Salford lost by five a couple of weeks back. After 60 minutes, it was clear we needed to try something other than pass through an 11-man defence. Two wingers, Harold on and sting the ball in, shake them up, get the knockdowns, shots on target, give Salford something else to think about, just mix it up a bit. Yeah, and I guess, you know, with Josh going off, that was all the subs used, so you couldn't really do anything yeah. after that. Maybe we would yeah. have seen how we had that not happen more than likely. Probably. probably. Uh, Sharon Stephen, so as I said a few weeks ago, that we've now played each team once and they know our plan A. We should have a plan B to keep teams on their toes. We've looked average past few games and Salford didn't even need their top scorer to easily beat us. I mean, Rooney for Salford probably walks into at least pretty much every other National League team, most League Two teams, probably most League One teams. Yeah. He's on their bench, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit of a Mickey take, isn't it? El Casaneto said, need a sub-striker badly, plus everyone fit again. Have to credit Salford, fit professional, best team at Brisbane Road this season. Good wake-up call after a sluggish run. Rob MCC68 says, old school Orient. Three good crosses and three goals. I hope Josh is okay and Lawless must start ahead of Gorman. The new winger, though, looked bright. He did. James DD11 said, bit of a wake-up call today. Didn't play well and you'll get punished against better sides. Perhaps the occasion got to us a little bit. Got to learn our lessons, pick ourselves up and go again. Plenty more games to come, which is exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. LOFC Chaz is a very poor performance. No one played well. Marv very rarely has a bad game but was bullied today. I don't think I can bear to watch Gorman anymore. We lack a centre-half like Pierre Gianni. He's horrible, but he won every header and attacked corners and he scored goals. Two big centre-halves we rarely have do attack the ball. Karoma, brilliant talent, but last few weeks he's missed so many chances and so frustrating when he shoots aimlessly from 30 yards out. And if Adaby misses some of those chances... I would dread to think what would be said. A bit harsher on Josh, maybe. Yeah, but quite fair with James. If James yeah, is doing okay. those misses, then uh, it's a very different social media environment, really, I think, uh, from that perspective. El Coado said, positive me, says, still top, get some more quality, and hopefully they'll help us cross the finish line. Keep faith. Also me, says, oh, good, seems we're being treated to a rerun of the 13-14 season. See you all at Wembley, where we lose on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> good positive one to, uh, to put in there. <laughs> T Tree O's says conceded two sloppy goals early doors and we just don't seem to start fast. From then on it was always going to be an uphill struggle. They were far more physical than us today and they kept McCauley very quiet with hardly anything to do. Yeah, Orient Ballbag said poor performance today. Lawless has got to start now over Gorman. Poor defending on the three crosses cost us the game. Salford were organised and defended well. The ref and the liner had a shocker and need two more in to get us over the line. Be positive, we are still top. Yep, so still positivity there. George A2018 says, can't just blame the ref. We were caught napping in the early part of the match. Didn't offer anything in the first half. Salford played five at the back after and saw off our fight back and then scored another on the break. We did not deserve anything today. Complacency, question mark, question mark. Yeah, Rayleigh Dave said, lost to three soft goals. We need Clay and Judd back. Uh, Ling's lack of pace is an obvious problem for the rest of the defence and means the centre-halves cannot mark their men closely because they know they are likely to have to cover Ling. First time I'm doubting Justin. Very serious. That's really quite harsh, actually. I'm going to pick up on that because I think that's really quite harsh. You're seriously doubting Justin. We've lost four games in 29 and you're doubting the manager. I'm str I'm struggling a bit with that. I'm not going to ask you to necessarily comment on that because Justin's your boss. But uh, as fans, I I'm struggling with that. That people are losing faith in. We, we well, it's only, one it's, only, it's only one. Only one has said they're down in Justin. There's not the, yeah, yeah, some that's, negative, that's the negative. There's been some up. negative tweets. I mean, reading those out loud, there's quite a bit of criticism for Sam Link as well. First time reading them out loud, which, yeah. you know, Sam obviously lost his place to Judd, who got injured, and Sam's come back. I think he, he clearly wasn't fit for the first couple of games, but I thought, I thought Sam done all right yesterday. 
Sam's up to match fitness now with his yeah, his fit. Yeah, they're all arming. All I say on that is, as I said, everyone, rightly so, can have an opinion. You know, uh, I can only speak for whatever you think of certain players. This is a to a man they they do they do care this group. You know, and I've as a player and coach in previous years, sometimes in dressing room, you see lads and you hear thin, fans having a pop at certain players and rightly or wrongly and. You go, I'm with you, mate, because I've seen them and they don't give a monkeys or they're not good people, they're not good professionals. These lads are to, to a man. So if there are certain players that fans aren't mad on, which is, you know, each their own, they, they do to a man, they care. You know, in that dress room, if there's a fly on the wall, it would have seen it. It really hurt them. Mm. You know, what I liked is that, I said earlier, using Millwall as an example, it's a very intimidating ground, but when they're, if they're 3-0 down at home, Certain supporters are, are really coming for the players, and I didn't really feel that yesterday. Do you know what I mean, there's a few moans and groans, but there wasn't real abuse held yeah. at our players, and, and rightly so, there wasn't. Uh, and even at the end, fans singing, we're still top of the league, and all that. It's good, and the players appreciate that. You know, as much as you know, you don't like being criticised. Players, when you're all down at home, you don't. The last thing they need is someone really getting on their back mm-hmm. and abuse them. And I, I don't really think the Orange fans are like that. What, what I, well, no, I don't hear them because we're in the dugout, but other grounds I've been at they are really coming from and I think they can see that they all care and you can have players, uh, fans that like certain players more than them that's all yeah. it's all part of the, the fun it's all part of yeah. the opinions down the pub after but the only thing I will say on any opinions is that whether you like them or not they they all do they all care and they, they do want to be successful yeah okay let's crack back on with a positive yeah. one in Billy Herring 0-3 says we're top of the league it's still in our own hands the league was never won or lost in January and Silford, a Tim Pot club with no fans. <laughs> <laughs> Orin Electric said, can handle losing, we're not going to win every game. Salford had a plan and executed it well. It's the fact that we didn't play well anywhere anywhere over the park that irks me today. Dawson, 623, says, too predictable. Play to Salford's strengths and try to play around them too much instead of down the middle. Pressuring their centre-backs on the floor from our forward line was a must today and we didn't do it. Salford parked the bus and went home shocked at how easy it was. Amashamo said, never recovered from being mugged for those two early goals and then crowded out by their midfield and defence and rarely looked like we had the guile, pace or invention to break through. Bill underscore Johnson UK comes up with another positive one, says it's hard to believe the team didn't play very well today and lost a game of football. To a lot of fans though, it seems the season is over. Mm. Salford were a strong team and deserve to win, but we are still top. And Orient fans, let's stay behind our very good team we can do this. Orient underscore Viking said, awful performance and hopefully a wake-up. The lack of width from the full-back's ability to hold the ball up front and the lack of bite in the middle, a major, a major issue. Salford did their homework and exploited this superbly. Jamie Stripe says, well, it was typical Orient, wasn't it? The sort of performance we've seen here for decades when the big crowd rolls up for a crunch encounter that we couldn't perform in. I reckon we only win about 10% of those matches and it's probably the reason some O's fans tend to be negative. Lismore underscore Ian said, definitely a red card, first half of the tackle on Coroma. Salford done their homework they doubled up on Coroma every time which is a good point that we, we yes. spotted that you yeah. pointed out as well um, every time he got the ball a completely different story if he'd scored the great chance at 2-0 we're late in Orient and we're top of the league Lee Boyce 23 says people need to calm down with their panic results haven't been consistent but no other team has taken advantage regroup and move forward yeah Vlatas underscore C said firstly you get games like this in a season secondly you cannot 
physically do better than be top of the league in January. And thirdly, you invest in January to be top of the league in April. Yeah, good point. I like that. Jim, a 5-8-6. a second goal there was a handball in the build-up. Third wasn't even a free kick. And how many corners, free kicks or pens did we not get today? Yep, we play badly, but still had chances and we will still be top for at least another two weeks. Neil Sanson said, Disappointing result. Too many not on it today. In three of our four defeats, we've not scored. We are predictable and easy to defend against. Need a new striker and they need to be an aerial threat. We need to be, put, to be able to put crosses into, not constantly cut inside where it's tight. Bazaar 73 says, Disappointing result, but no need to go overboard like some fans are doing. Problem seems to be right on the Brophy and sentiment of Gorman. Joby probably needs more rest to fully recover. Could see another winger and a striker coming in just to give options possibly as a midfielder if plays out for much longer. Uh, Leighton underscore ear said Dal Gorman was not any worse than anyone else yesterday unfair criticism again the team seems to have gone back to Steve Davis mode where it takes 59 passes before we can make an attempt on goal positive yesterday is Brill playing out from the back more and if you're playing Brophy on the right you may as well play a third central midfielder Ling was isolated a lot of the time as JB was inside him uh, both forwards looked like they uh, perhaps had other things on their mind. Uh, GA outmaneuvered JE yesterday. Graham Alexander obviously outmaneuvered Justin Edinburgh. Justin and the team yeah. will learn. Only one team says they did a good scouting job on us. Their game plan worked and they knew our strengths doubling up on Joby and Josh giving up no game space. So we always pass sideways or backwards. They learned from their 5 1 defeat at Wrexham and something we hopefully will do now. Kevin Cowland said, No complaints from me yesterday. Best team won on the day. Salford came with a game plan, executed it perfectly, and you're never likely to recover from the start against a team with that quality. We're still top though, and it's about how we respond now. And I think you use that word bounce back ability, which is yeah. your important word, isn't it? And yeah, Steve Chapman enforced the slack defending set pieces cost just today. And if crime is shot and the second half goes in, who knows? Tellingly, in the non-league paper, Alexander states he thought the ref was exceptional. Of course he would. Because the ref gave everything wow. away. Why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, Paolo1986 said, Gorman definitely a scapegoat for some fans who are on his back with any mistake. He's not been at his best the past few games, but there is a good player in there somewhere. And yesterday he was no worse than the other players. Hopefully he'll get it right next time out. Tobias Lamp, this is yesterday we lost a big game, but it won't be our last big game of the season. It could be the best thing to happen to us this season. though. The squad needs to step up and we need to strengthen. This was never going to be done the easy way, so let's stay positive. And finally, uh, to finish this week, Sunshine LOFC gets the last word. He said, with all said and done, LOFC have lost four games all season, and I would sooner be where we are as opposed to anyone else. There's a lot of football to be played yet and everything to be played for. Had we been offered this position in August, we would have taken it, yeah, which is a great, great point. tweet to end. Nice on. one, Joe. Thanks so for that. all tweets that came in to us or an outlet, there's loads we haven't read, so apologies if we've not read yours. And if you agree or disagree with any of them, let us know by giving us a tweet or an outlook or by emailing us or an outlook at outlook.com yep so moving on then so that's uh, Salford covered I think in, in great detail there so uh, prediction league update won't surprise you to know that not many saw this result coming but there was one correct prediction as Buchan JP sadly got the score correct um, and he then tweeted us saying FFS I go for a 3-0 loss every game and never expected to see my name on the leaderboard well yeah. Sadly for you, buddy, it, it did. So that means the top of the prediction league is as it was last week. So Mark she Shepherd underscore 79 is still top on 26 points. Barry Twing behind him uh, on 23 points. Uh, on 21 points is Pills the Doman and Rob MCC 68. Um, on 20 points is Ian, Manny, Rennie, John and at Jella Dar. So thanks to everybody for your predictions. Our full prediction table uh, is on the Facebook page. Yeah. That's Orin Outlook. Uh, search that on Facebook. So or we're on to today. 
Sunday the 6th of January and the Orient ladies team were in action and lost 3-2 to Stevenage ladies at the Milan Stadium in the FA Women's National League and Chanel Richards gave the O's an 8th minute lead before Nicole Emmings levelled 4 minutes later before Hayley Barton then restored Orient's advantage early in the second half for two dramatic late strikes from Ashley Deacon and Emmings once again ended Orient's five match unbeaten run and thanks to Sam Few for sending over his match report. Much appreciated. So um, it would be rude of us to not utilise your knowledge and while you're here, Danny. <laughs> so we put it out on social media, the forums everywhere, uh, inviting questions. Uh, and one Josh Coulson <coughs> got in touch with us and he said, don't ask him about his jaw. Tell him I'm sorry. I'm sure he'll <laughs> tell you the story about his jaw and make me out to be the bad guy. So what, well, what happened? Yeah, there's no need to make it. He's the bad guy. <laughs> he fractured my cheekbone. I've got a metal plate in my face. Because of Josh Colson. No way. Yeah, when I played for Bath, when we were in the, we were in the conference, we did really well actually, we were in the playoffs, I don't know we were in the playoffs, we were not the best, and we played Cambridge, and it was a Martin was a manager at Cambridge, I think it was one of his last games, and they were having a tough time, and uh, after about 10 minutes I cleared a header and he come from nowhere, with his big steak head, and just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> straight into my, my cheekbone, and I remember trying to play on, no, I'll tell you what, no, but the first thing I remember, is it being on the floor, being on the floor, and thinking in a minute this geezer's gonna like the old token pat on the back in the head, or just run off. Like I didn't even see if I was open. <laughs> I didn't mean to, to be fair, but you know, it broke me up. Didn't even say how are you. And I tried playing on me, me, and you know, when you've got like airplane ears, and you try and do the old pinch your nose, and, yeah, the and, pressure. and I did it, and my eye come up like that oh, because wow. there was a big crack, and the air pushed through, and I had an operation, and I got a big metal plate now in my cheekbone. Wow. So all my trips abroad are delayed for the metal detector, thanks oh, to him. Oh, wow. Even now, like we signed him, and he, I said, "Why have we signed him for?" He <laughs> busted my face shattered, me, shattered me dreams of making it on the catwalk with my freaking <laughs> face. But he's all right. It's on YouTube. And I'll show you when, when we stop this. I'll show you. All right. Oh, genius. Well, there you go, Josh. Cheers, so, Josh. Genius. So you've not been made out to be the bad guy. Still yet. hasn't said sorry, by the way. Oh well, Absolutely. that's one for training tomorrow. Um, we don't. <clears throat> we'll give this one a read out. Ardy Manda says so. He comes up with anagrams of Orient names, and your anagram is New Band Buyer. So, so Robert, your name. So your name. Yeah. New Band Buyer. Yeah. B Y. B Y. Oh, you said Webby, right? So he said, "What What would you name your LOFC boy band? Okay. If you start one, and who would you ask out of the players or staff to join your boy band? Not Josh, obviously. No, that's Colson because he could be." And even Matty, because Matty, Matty Harrell's funny. Charlie, there's a lot of funny lads, actually. I'd go for, like, a humour band, you know what I mean? I'd call them, like, Wrong Direction or something like that. <laughs> uh, Matty Harrell could be in it. He's got some good moves. And you'd have, like, a lad called Shadrach, actually. He was a young lad. Shadrach hasn't yeah. played yet. He's, he's cool. He's going to be a heartbreaker, I think, when he gets older. He's a, yeah. he's a cool one. He can be in there for the ladies, I think. Uh... I don't know who else there'd be. We've got, do you know what? We've got quite a good mix. We've got some cool lads who can dance. Yeah. We've got some old school banter ones. I'd throw, do you know what? I'd just throw the old squad in the van. Like yeah. Blazing squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be yeah. That's amazing. Led by Justin. Blazing squad. Led by Justin. Well, yeah. no, led by Danny. Well, led by Danny. Be, yeah, be you'd be hopefully the promotion party will book the wrong direction to come <laughs> yes do you know yeah, what it's funny like we were saying earlier if we do go out we can laugh at all this stuff yeah absolutely <laughs> so we don't normally do retrospectively that like that far back but Stephen Orient has asked and obviously we checked that you're okay to, to talk about this but said please ask Danny what was the deciding factor to leave the O's under FB and we don't mention his name on the podcast no no I, I understand that uh, it was the lack of Confirmation on on where 
we were going as a club. Uh, I felt that I'd done a lot for the club to look forward. Uh, tried to explain that, you know, it's hard to say it publicly at the time, but we, we're going to struggle to stay up here. We're going to struggle to stay up because you've got a lot of people who don't want to be here and a lot of lads who do want to be here and are hungry who I think will benefit this club in years to come, which won't sit well when you're getting done 3 and 4 nil. But believe me, it will be worth it. And it, it didn't understand that. And my frustration uh, come out really after we played cruelly. And then I received a warning letter for my interview. That's right, because it was 3-0, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah cruelly. In the first half. And, and then uh, you came out and said something, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I received a warning letter with the whole interview redone with bits. Transcripted. Yeah. And I just, I went in. Uh, and I just put the letter down and done. No, no, out of principle, this is not, this is not, not going to be, uh, not going to be spoken to like that or treated like that. And it, it was hard because you sort of, you didn't want to come out after and give it the old, oh, poor me, look what I had because you think, you know, these young lads are still going to be playing and those punters are still hoping and dreaming we can stay up and hoping that FB will get the hint and leave and you don't want to start adding fuel to it just let them have their battle and hopefully they can stay up and I can return one day but it's something where you know if I'm, I'm so glad I did it I'm so glad I did it because it's something I want to do again one day be manager I enjoyed it I was proud of myself of, of what I did and how I did it was there, were there things you do different you did it 100% you know and then every manager in his 50s and 60s would do things different on mm. because you learn from things yeah, you do and think, oh, maybe you that I'm thing, glad I did that or not so but mm. I've grown up obviously around my dad and very big on principle and standing up for yourself and what's right and being fair and being honest and straight with people and uh, I didn't feel like I was getting it back uh, and I was thinking I was, I was doing a lot I felt to benefit this club and try and give you know you guys a, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and when, when I got that after that I thought nah I'm not. I'm not going to keep putting my what's it's on the line for you every week. If uh, don't blame you. if you're going to treat not just me, but the things he did after and, and the way it was continuous with the club and the, and the lack of respect, it was just uh, just uh, what's the word? Just too much in the end. And I thought, no, I'm not going to be. I think I was the first one. I know Andy left because he had a, a job at England lined up, but I think I was the only one to to walk away from him. And I've always said to myself, that's what I was going to do. I, I'm not going to sit there and just wait to mm. either be sacked or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from you because you uh, you don't deserve these players that are playing for you. You know, I looked at those young lads, what they were doing, and and, and in, even a couple of the old ones, to be fair, you know, and the, the way they were turning up and doing it and going through brick walls for, for me and themselves and the fans, and the way the fans were responding to them was so... Pleasing at Plymouth and Newport, and even when we lost at home, I think we got done 4 1 at going to Doncaster, and you lot were clapping them all off, and I was picking them off the floor. I thought, you know, you don't deserve these fans, you don't deserve this place, and it was just, what well, do I just sit here and avoid questions <laughs> after you? I'm not going to do it, mate. It's, it's, yeah. it's done. So it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was hard because during my career, it's, I, I was a say, I had 100 clubs, I was a journeyman here, there, and everywhere, and I never really got that affinity mm. with a club because I was never there for longer than five minutes. So this is the first, it's my seventh year now where I've got that affinity, So and I get it. I get that feeling. I'm not like you guys. I ain't been coming to the club since I was five or six. I'm not going to pretend I'm one of them, but 
I've been here a long time to really feel like I'm part of it. Mm. I feel like I'm really well thought of. I, I see people I know, and I said to you earlier, some of the stuff you said about me when I left, never forget it, mm. really nice, good stuff. And not many clubs have got that. Certain players and staff members have got that with certain clubs, and that's why they don't leave there. Because they go, no, no, I want to give something back. You've been mm. good to me, I'll be good to you. That's how it works. Mm. And I've got that here. I've got that. And it was so hard to leave because of that, not because I'm walking away from a shirt and time being a manager of a football club. It's because I'm, I'm walking away from people who, when we've lost games and, and lost heavy, have clapped me off and have clapped those young boys mm. off and have travelled down to Plymouth and have travelled down to Newport. No, we're probably still going down, but we're here. We're here for you, Warren. And it was very moving for me to, to and it was hard because I just went and saw my mum and dad and talked to my dad about it and I was so pleased that I did it but I thought I couldn't wait for that takeover to go because I was I turned down a few things when I left just hoping that I'd come back in a, in a capacity and obviously I wasn't going to come back and do the under nines or anything because you know I, yeah. I built myself up to my career to get to a certain level but when Martin said do you want to come back and work with the, the youth team and the young pros it was it was a no-brainer, and it was it was it made my decision to turn certain things down, the right decision. But now I'm back. It's it's nice you say you don't you say FB and that. I get it because people who've gone your whole life and you can see almost are we going to be like an AFC later on? It, mm. It's fear. With us, it's like okay, this means a lot. But okay, I'm in football. What what, what jobs are available? You've got that passion, that love, something you could see disappearing, and it was it must be you can't underestimate the feeling. I can only imagine what it feels like when you actually go, oh, we got it, we've got a club and now we're top of the league and now there's a good feeling and everyone's all right. And these things from fans about opinions about the team, and it's brilliant because they're the things you're talking about. That's the things that supporters should be talking yeah. about. Why is he playing? Why isn't he? He's my favourite. Well, no, because he's my favourite. Why are we playing wingers on the... It's brilliant because they're not going, well, the owner, you've got two yeah. owners who can't do enough for the fans. You've got a director of football who knows a club inside out. You've got a manager who knows exactly what he's doing. You've got coaching staff, me and Ross, who've got a real love for the club. You've got players who are running their what's-its off every day. And you ain't had that for years. And I'm talking for years you haven't had that. That training ground was toxic. You had people there who did not give a monkeys about this football club. Not a monkeys. And you're never going to tell tales out of school. But there was lots of them. And people within the club know. But they've gone. And you've got a group of players now, and that's why I said my point earlier, they care. This lot care. They care about you. They care about the manager. They respect us. And they, they care about their own careers. And it's such a positive thing for me. And it's hard because you're going on a bit of a rant, I am now. But when you, when people who haven't been here and you try and tell them, well, he was like this, he was in that case and this and that. And I went face to face to him once and it nearly kicked <coughs> off. Oh, did you? Oh, well, OK. They don't. Unless you're there... And so I try not to tell too many people about it because unless you're there and saw it, yeah, of there was a few there. I think Joby witnessed it, and me and him sometimes have a chat. Oh wow, well, remember that time in the league one with Liverani? Oh my God, remember that and the translation with Tavishin? Oh my! And it, you you could you could write you could write a book on it. You know, you thought Joby was made to train with a youth team with me yeah. for God knows how long for months, just because chairing the other thing because we got relegated. And you go. Right, okay, that's fine. And there's so many things, so many. It's it's so many things. I think it will be something that you say about, we don't want to say his name. I don't think you should ever forget that. I don't think fans should ever write out the memories. Honestly, I think you should... Obviously, there, we just don't not sit there it. and talk about it in the park. I remember that, don't, don't laugh and joke about it, but never forget it in, in yourselves because it's something that Seems without strange. how you were, without you sticking together, you could have gone, do you know what? Oh, I don't know about Blackpool, but 
I don't know if what they're doing is the right way around it. You know, I don't know if it is, I don't know if it isn't. The, the way you came to games, you made the demonstrations, you kept supporting the team all along. I think it's fantastic now that you have got something to genuinely sing about, to genuinely care mm. about, without that anger in you all the time, mm. which mm. was there and rightly so. But you said before, do you mind talking about it? I've talked about it and I've got no problem talking about it because I can look myself in the mirror and, and really pleased with, with how, I, how I went about things. But... Like I say, you can talk about it. I'm talking with two people I know were very respectful when I was here before. Most of the fans were very, very, nearly all of them, were very, very supportive, very positive towards me. And I can't do enough now to try and... It means so much to me to be part of this first team set-up to try and get promotion, just to see the smiles on people's faces. And then we can all have a beer in a supporters club after the game. Yes, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then at the end of the year, and then the yeah, and then the day after. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I might book the day off work. That's a bank holiday. Um, Well, you said you could write a book. Don't write a book. Do it in a podcast. Yes. If it ever comes up, I would love to. I'm quite aware of the time. I would love to get more of your views on that. Speak about that Plymouth away game, which is regarded one of the greatest away game Newport away four 0 under those circumstances. Yeah, I think us and pretty much every other Orient fan can only commend you for working under that period of time because you know that was was and to walk away like with all due respect, we're not a Premier League club, so we weren't sort of Premier League money where you could walk off like a Mourinho with an eighteen million pound payoff and actually never have to work again. It's very very difficult when you're at the lower end. So yeah, huge respect, and I think we said it at the time about being principled and not being bullied. Absolutely. Yeah. Spoken to the way you were, because plenty mm. of people would just take the power. No, because they've got families, mortgages, and, and bills, and our food to put on the table. That's not me saying I'm either hero. Everyone's no, no, different no, in their own circumstances. Exactly. You're right where you're saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, Kevin Cowlin yeah. says, Do you ever go to Billericay High Street for your sandwiches anymore? He says he hasn't seen you uh, <laughs> over there for a while. Do you know what? There's a lot of Orient fans, Billericay, that way now. Is there? That part of Essex, yeah, there's a lot there, and they're always very, very nice, very welcoming. They come and sell those. A lot of people just toot their own and Waiting for like someone to throw something at me at the car. No, they're very well. No, I haven't Greg's been up there for a while. Nasty. I haven't been there for a while. I'm doing a course at the minute. So, I mean, days off is all about doing coursework and that where it used to be just strolling up and down Beer and Kill Street. Right. And that's yes, that's what that's from. from. Right. What are you doing course in? Uh, a, man, a diploma in football management. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, fantastic. got some big names on that. So, it's, it's all part of learning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good element. Be sure of that one. Thank you. Um, what does the O's mean to you and um, career ambitions uh, what career ambitions do you have sort of over the next five years but you've probably just answered that I think in, 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 a, in an absolute ideal world you know me, Ross and the manager in the same roles and we're climbing up through the leagues and all high five at each other you know football don't always work like that but that would be the dream I do want to, to to be a manager again in the future there's no time span on that there's no thing for me because I it's the most I've learned for a while uh, off a manager uh, and it's the most I've enjoyed my life to be honest day to day coming Amazing. in looking forward to it. getting coming in the yeah I'm enjoying it so it's not like right, in years I'm going to be this next year I want to be mm. this and then I'm not whatever whatever, whatever happens happens but uh, I just want to keep learning keep enjoying it and uh, hopefully keep winning Brilliant. Amen. Brilliant answer. David G. Boone so what are your feelings about the new owner's attitude about the Youth Academy so I think the Youth Academy still do you know what it's, it's not me avoiding the question but I think the uh, academy manager Lewis Spencer Martin Lee obviously I think they're mm-hmm. dealing with that and yeah, what yeah. the situation is I don't know uh, we've got a couple of good young lads in there in a minute uh, some good young players coming through but in terms of that I, 
mm. I've literally got I've got no answer really on, on where I think that's going to go. Fair dues, oh, fair dues. Um, Orient Ballbag tweeted in saying, "How much input do you and Ross have on the selection of the starting eleven, or is that totally down to Justin?" I think there's there's discussions. Uh, I think because he's a strong, strong wheel manager, you know, a lot of he's very good at making decisions. Mm. He isn't like a Nunaar. Oh, I don't know. He may make a, make a decision. Uh, and he's probably got a picture in his head what he wants to do, and he might run it through with us and, and just talk openly in the in the office at the training ground. And, uh, but no, usually he's got that picture, and, and you know, obviously supporting with with the decisions he makes. Uh, and like I say, when you're winning games, they're all the right decisions, exactly. aren't they? So uh, so far, so good. Yeah. Billy Herring zero three says, would we consider a move? Uh, for a more experienced pro like a Danny Kedball or a Danny Rowe to push us over the line, obviously five well, matches permitting. I know Ked's very well actually. He's a good lad. He's a, he's a character, to say the least. Uh, I think he's Mr. Ebbsfleet, and I think he'd be there for years to come. Uh, Danny Rowe, I think, is very very good player. Yeah. Very good player in terms of signing him. I don't know that that's that's not down to me, but I think Danny Rowe's a very good player. I think he scored some very good goals. Okay. He reminds me a bit like a Matt Letitia, who sort of he's obviously at that club's got the freedom just to. Go and do what you want. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's like in the back four, just mm-hmm. getting. On the ball. <laughs> but I don't know. I think you could, as I say, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very interesting question. And they're two players that are very good players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of players. We said earlier about Pierre Gianni, what a good players and, and Whitehead, and there's lads at Solio. I think they're quite good. You could be talk about players. There's lots of good players, but at the minute we've got a squad of very good players, yeah. very good people as well. Uh, I think what's important, the signing of, of Jordan coming in as well. He seems a really nice lad. You're signing people with that right character and I think mm. that maybe he's gone missing a long time at this club and I think it's, it's come back now and uh, that would be the main thing not saying that they're not good characters yeah, of course, good lads yeah. but uh, yeah. I think that's the main the thing moment, we saw yeah. good characters uh, Boatsy I think we've pretty much asked uh, yeah. answered your, your question there so, um, so I made a note myself were you and Ross do you feel like you guys might have been robbed in the O's show quiz um, that was an absolute shambles wasn't it I saw from it from the start it Sharon De Geezer kept forgetting he was a nice bloke from Dream a really nice guy he kept forgetting the questions kept stuttering people were walking <laughs> in it was ridiculous it was like something off Azerbaijan TV or something I was embarrassed to be part of it actually I don't want to put my name to that <laughs> uh, Elliot, Elliot and Courtney are top draw they're really good they come up with some great ideas uh, but nah and then the wrapping paper thing I just thought get me out of here I think Overloan was on TV and I had the quality streets I wanted to get on <laughs> the outtakes thing was good I, I enjoyed your that your idea was quite a good idea actually by putting everything I got it wrong because I was I was, uh, yeah we devoided the questions uh, you just focused on wrapping yeah it was for those that don't know this that, that there was a sort of quiz with three teams with Emma and uh, Charlie Lee you and Ross and Bates and Gatsby from Tower. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He was a nice lad, actually. Yeah, yeah was, like, you get okay. preconceived views of people, but he was a, he was a, he was really a nice lad. So, yeah, there was questions. There was a task at the end where you had to wrap um, gifts from the club yeah. shop and, and answer questions at the there same time. There were some time. random questions, weren't there? Yeah. What was the first film to be shown in a Saudi Arabian cinema and that? It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's the matter? What are we doing here? <laughs> I didn't get it. But no, usually they come up with some. Good but, stuff. But uh, Ross was Ross was like very like, no, you can't do it that way. Oh, he's cheating. Yeah, he was I've never seen really like serious. That no. Yeah, he was. Yeah, if you look at me, I'll just nah, I'll just <laughs> you just sat there. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> I, I, I want one of their better ones, I've got to say. Yeah. I'm sure I've got a few views, but I'd keep my, uh, Elliot and, and Courtney, they're, they're very good. They come up with some really 
Really good stuff, theory. actually, for me. Yeah, yeah really uh, good. Totally. So that was it on Twitter. On Facebook, uh, David Danu says, you've got some decent results <coughs> rushed during this season. Uh, when you was manager such as Newport and Plymouth, and we've kind of touched upon that, and maybe touched upon that in the future as well. Uh, and asked tactically, what did you do differently compared with other managers? But I guess we can come back to that one. Also goes to say, where do you buy your suits from? And also, <laughs> we've, we've had lots of those. We had the next or top man question. So your suits when you were manager? Well, I'm, I'm 35, so I think I'm just reaching that time of stop being able to go to top man. Do you know when you go in yeah, there and you I, see like... I had that when I was 30, so you've got five years on yeah, me on that one. I yeah, we're trying to say, I'm trying to be too young. <laughs> <laughs> but I go in there now, top man, and they've got music playing I've never heard of. And there's like people in there with wearing glasses they don't need. Do you know what I mean? No people with like filthy, <laughs> filthy converse on and that. And I'm going, what am I doing? This is not me. Maybe should go to Marks and Spencer's now. So I, I can't... for next. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what? I don't really go next. Top man. No, no, the next step is next. Oh, the next stop is next. Yeah. I see what did there. That's good. Though, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. Marks and Spencer's. Yeah, you yeah. could do. Yeah, Marks and Spencer's. Got some fashionable gear. Yeah. Yeah, no, top man, I think I've probably got a year left of that. Yeah. Before people start throwing things Yeah. 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 Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> Les K asked about the wingers that we've touched upon, about Brophy yeah. on the right, making up on the left. So we've uh, touched upon that one. Uh, which is good. So moving on in uh, to... Have you got any question from Neil Sanson? I have indeed, there? yeah. He says, uh, Webby, rarely this season have we come from behind to win. In three of our four defeats, we've not scored. Our style doesn't seem to work against teams when they sit deep. Is the striker we're searching for a target man to allow <coughs> us to change the plan and put more crosses into the box? I think it's a, well, it's a really sensible question for a start. I think uh, I think the problem we got, and it's, it's not right enough a game when you do this, but... When you're a club like us and you're at the top and you get good crowds and you know, just keep saying you're mm. doing well, to concede the first goal at home is is hard. It's weird because you think, well, you just you know, just got to beat them two or three one, because they 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 then are quite happy to sit in for for the whole game. I think you've shown that Matty is experienced pro, one of the older players we've got, but could still could still do it and make a difference. Has come on and. And really influence that James when he plays. I know a few people have, have said things about him, but he's a strong lad. He's a good lad. He's hard working, uh, and I think that we, we've got those players there who can do that. I think that it's very hard at the minute. I think anyone will be first to admit that it's it's hard to move away from the the Bon Caroma partnership when everyone's fit because they've done so well together. You know, not that the others haven't, but they've done they've yeah. done very well together. So. I think it's hard. I think it's 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 a very good point, target man. And then you might say, well, do you need some absolute electric pace? And it's opinions again, isn't it? I think it's hard Absolutely. when you see a game like yesterday to if you don't concede. If we're nil nil at half time, the game is completely different, you know. But we weren't, so it's like we haven't got a sort of time machine to go yeah, back. Yeah, but yeah. you concede after six minutes and eight minutes, and you know what they're going to do. You know they're going to drop another five yards and another five yards and another five yards, <clears> and you're not dealing with. They played three at the back. You're not dealing with three centre halves with respect from like the Essex Senior League. There, three very good centre halves and two very good wing backs, and that's now a flat five. And then you've got the front two dropping in, so now you've got a five and a five, four, yeah. nearly on the edge of their box, just winding down the clock. Yeah, which is yeah. a very good play. You don't blame them for doing it. So it's hard. I think there's to say some very valid points in there, uh, but I think whatever whatever a view you look at, I think the game yesterday, unfortunately. Don't want to say it's very negative. It was almost was lost really after going two 0 down against that standard of team. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going two 0 down at home, God forbid, against a lower half team, yeah, yeah. there's probably gaps you can find. 
it's probably it's probably from corners or free kicks people will be left unmarked because it's maybe not the same quality but those sort of players don't lose people for corners like we don't usually lose people for corners and yeah. little through balls can't get through that maybe would have got through against you know lesser, lesser teams, teams. Mm. like they don't against us if we take the lead normally so it was an off day uh, but no there's some valid points coming but I would just say that uh, in terms of the game yesterday against a very good team whatever you had out there in any sort of way I thought was once it was 2-0 would have been very hard to come back into it yeah Cool. So, so we had uh, more messages, uh, more questions from the forum as well. But yeah, I think I the think first one we've answered the first couple, haven't we? Yeah, I think the first have pretty much answered. So from come on, you owes. Uh, just goes to say, who do you think will come through the youth next? So we obviously know about Shadrach. We mentioned obviously <coughs> Foster's been on, Ross has been on. Yeah, uh, Phillips. Yeah, Clayden. There's a, there's a, some good ones in there. I think obviously you brought up earlier, which obviously can't go into again because I don't really know about where it's going to go. Like lads from the 15, 16s and what they're going to go yeah. into, if anything, yeah. on it. I don't know, but. Uh, I mean Hector Kipriano is a big centre mm. a big midfielder uh, just signed his, his pro contract he's a good lad we've got some in there who haven't necessarily got their contract yet it's a big time for those young ones now because a lot of them be getting conversations with the academy manager and manager also have a big Im- Im- impact on whether they get contracts or yeah, not yeah. so it's a big time for them do you know what I mean so it's tough for them because they'll all be feeling it the second year scholars the first year scholars will be with us whatever next year because you, you have to commit to that yeah two-year sort of contract scholarship they sign but the second years we've got obviously they'll be a bit nervous because they might see like Hector getting something oh, I haven't got one yet they're going to think the worst and some of them may go some of them may stay it's, it's a tough time for them but there's some good ones in there and uh, yeah, they, they carry themselves uh, fantastically every day Brilliant. Thor said how much does the club use sports science in relation to the players I think it's some that's a that's a very good question actually because mm. uh that's something that I was, I was first of all, I was probably a little bit of a dinosaur with that sort of stuff. I was anyway. Uh, and we've got Emma and Michael who do the fitness stuff. Emma's, uh, Michael's more of the fitness coach. Emma does a lot of the sort of this stuff with the iPads and the GPS and working out load and all that stuff. Stuff that was like, was a bit foreign to me at first. And I've learned a lot about it. It's something that uh, it's been the most I've seen in any club I've been at, it'd be impacted on training in terms of how much the players do, taking into account a lot of the players, same players are playing every week, so you lower the load of what they do in training, and that's not just doing those dumb enough, send them in, there's ways and stuff that I'm certainly not going to get into because I don't <laughs> know, but they work out what they do and how much they should do and how many metres they should go. I mean, it's gone very futuristic, but like I was saying, it's working. I know we've had a few recently, but we haven't had too many injuries. Boys look fit. We get a lot of late goals. We push to the end. That's a big credit to uh, to Michael, Emma, Keaton, Melvin, the whole 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 medical department. Uh, and as I say, it's a shame we've got a couple of injuries at the minute. But the boys do look fit, and it's something that's open. Another thing I've learned, you know, for for, for my future in in the game to to probably use and utilise this sort of modern sports science stuff more than than I probably have before. Good answer. So very good. Good answer to that one. So sports science is being used. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, quite conscious of the time here. We're we're sort of pressing on, so I think I think we should just wrap it yeah. up. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So thank, thank you to you, everyone for no sending questions. Well answered, Danny. So let's wrap it up. And so fantasy football updating. So Sam Massingham leads the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league on twelve hundred and eighty-five points, thirteen points clear of James Patrill in second place. And for the first time, the bearded legends overtaken me in fantasy football league in our league. It's pulled now thirty-eighth. I've dropped massively to 48th place out of 195 players so not too I bad. think it's only 10 points 
it's only, I think it's only 10 points. I know it's 10 places, but I think it's only 10 yeah. points in those 10 All places. To play for. Yeah, exactly. Do you do fantasy is football? That just, is that for every, every league? Is that for the Premier League? Premier yeah, League. You do it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do, do our own league. We've won it for No, fantasy. I don't. No, I don't do it. Okay. I've never done it, actually. Okay. Next season. We'll good get fun. you involved. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. It's good fun. And then Dream Team. Um, so Jay Lillington is back on top of the Orient Outlook podcast Dream Team. He's on 1,285 points, 16 ahead of I Rockenback. And Steve, you're in 11th. I'm 11th for this one. And I'm back in 24th, but making good ground. Because once upon a time, I think I was like 80-something. You something, were, yeah. 90-something. Yeah, yeah. I, I start badly, but I end up <laughs> I end up doing all right. So positives and negatives then. Yeah. Go on. So we've still got four positives. Yeah. So first positive, still top in the National League, which is, you know, we all would have wanted to be at this point of the year. So that's fantastic. Second positive, and we've mentioned it before, we've only lost four league games this season. So, although lots of gloomy tweets, you know, in the long run, it looks good. Third positive is the home support, nearly 7,000 in that ground yesterday. Yeah. And had it been a big club like a Wrexham or. You would have got pretty close to capacity, I would have thought. Yeah. And lastly, the signing and debut for Jordan Maguire Drew, the JMD, our little sponsored kids, yeah. sponsor, the JMD. Home so, kit. we look forward to. I a tweet about that. Just remembered. Yeah. Never mind. So James, yeah, so look forward sponsors. to watching you down the O's. Yeah, negatives. Obviously, we lost to Salford. Josh Coulson's injury. Obviously, we won't know more about that until probably after he's had uh, uh, some medical uh, attention on that. And obviously, our goal difference took a slight hammering. Um, obviously, as we uh, we weren't able to reply uh, against Salford's three yesterday. So that brings us nicely on then to the hero or heroes of the week. Yeah, so we, we thought we'd go a bit... Um, out the box on this one. Out of the box a little bit. So our heroes of the week this week are... <laughs> We've mentioned them already, but yeah, the Orient Media team for the Bandersnatch video <laughs> announcement for Jordan Maguire, Drew. So well done to Elliot, Courtney, Sam, anyone else I might have missed. There's the other kid whose name's completely escaped me. Who does the youth Dan team? Walker. Dan. So well done to everyone. Hey, if you've not watched Bandersnatch, you I won't get it as much, it. but it was very It sounds good. awful. We're talking about Rice Krispies. And <laughs> I had to Google it because I, no, I think I'm in your camp on this that I just, I'm not in the loop. With I saw it advertised the other day and it looks interesting. Give it a go because you, you just do it by your, and as I say, the first breakfast one is just to kind of get you in the, what, get you in the, in the, the mode of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't affect yeah. how the How do you choose Rice Krispies over, over Frosties? I don't understand that no. decision. You're focusing on the wrong thing. It's about It's not about what you choose. I thought it was all in what you choose. I thought that was the whole point of it. Next week's fixtures then, uh, there's just one trip for the O's coming up this week as we travel to Wrexham in the second round of the FA Trophy, so a bit of league respite there. Wrexham are currently third in the National League, having lost at home to Dover quite surprisingly uh, yesterday as we record it today. So if you are going, and I know there'll be hundreds that are, do have a safe journey, tweet us, send us a, a pic of something on your way up there. Uh, or during or after the match uh, we'd be uh, more than happy to retweet that out there yep so that's it so thanks for joining us for episode 166 it's only been five days since the last podcast but already lots has happened as the O's made their first signing in 2019 as Jordan Maguire Drew joined the club on a two and a half year deal and Josh Caroma won more plaudits winning player and goal in the month of December and on the pitch in a hyped up game the O's came up short Salford were victorious in a 3 a win that meant they clawed back their deficit and are now just super hot two points behind us although we are still top of the league with just four defeats in 29 league games so there's still plenty to be positive about yeah we'll be going to be back with episode 167 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need and probably in much shorter time as well but we can't pass up <laughs> the opportunity to have your expert input uh, in this could have uh, easily episode. done easily done three hours here tonight easily, exactly with, uh, uh, so you have to come back 
yeah. later in uh, later in the season. No uh, we'll be back next week. Um, but if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review, and if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in Stitcher or uh, Android podcast apps, and add us to your favourites, and that way you'll get them as soon as we upload them. We're also on Spotify, so uh, making us available to you even in even more ways. Uh, now as well but if you've got an older relative or, or somebody who's not technically minded um, help them out please it's uh, we're laying down a challenge to you to to pass the podcast on and i'm nicking that from the peter, peter Crouch Crouch podcast. podcast i knew you were uh, pass, uh, pass it on um doesn't seem like a bad idea um there's thousands of orient fans far and far and away and local get them involved yeah absolutely so mugs you can buy your orient outlook podcast mug we did have 15 left 14, now 14 now. is Danny Webb. Get Thank you very much. Outlook podcast mug. <laughs> so come and get yours. Five pounds. <laughs> Give us a DM if you like one. And a massive thank you, Mr. Webb, for giving up your okay, time. I appreciate you, that this thank evening. You. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, I could speak to you for more than the hour 50 than what we've done. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. A little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy.